a Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Welcome in. Come on in a little closer. Turn your volume up. Strap your seatbelts on. Get ready. You are entered in the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast 450 Shootout Edition presented by Fly Racing and FlyRacing.com. You can get your Fly Racing gear at Rocky Mountain ATVMC because Rocky Mountain ATVMC is your trusted online source for parts. Accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for the power sport enthusiast. They have fly gear. You know what? Instead of telling you how fly is all badass and they do this and they do that, you know, they make cool products. And they sponsor awesome athletes. But how about I tell you about Fly Racing Supports grassroots efforts like this right here, Kiefer Tested Podcasts. They make, you know, all kinds of stuff, not just gear, but they sponsor great athletes and they help privateers, bike enthusiasts, and even supporting privateer media outlets like myself, my janky ass over here, Kiefer Tested. Thank you, Fly Racing. Thank you, RockyMountainATVMC.com. And also, thank you, Rutted Racing, for coming on board, um, sticking this out with me. And uh, if you guys are looking for some shirts, comfortable fitting shirts, soft, long enough, go to RuttedRacing.com. Please follow them at Rutted Racing on Instagram. Clint and his wife, April, are good people. They're enthusiasts, and they help us out here. So, uh, um Please help them buy some shirts. I wore some today at Glen Helen. So, and if you're looking to get some shirts made, screenprintingdone.com. Hit them up. Say Kiefer. Get at least 12 shirts. Get 10 for free. Kiefer. All right, guys. We're back. Day two. Are you excited? I'm tired. That's right. I am tired. It started out today at 3 a.m. because I was kind of excited about day two of the shootouts. So I woke up about 3, didn't wake Heather up, got some coffee made, you know, started getting everything loaded up and ready to go. Well, guess what? The I-15 southbound was closed due to, um, due to a fatality, which is pretty sad. Um, I know all of us bitch about getting places, but uh, it could be worse, right? So... Uh, took me about three hours to get down there. On top of that, Glen Helen was raining. So, um, in all actuality, it it wasn't that bad because I showed up about, I don't know, 9.30 and no one was even riding yet. So, um, we got to the track a little late. We started a little late. We finished late. A lot of laps. Um, a lot of a lot of opinions in this, in this uh, episode, guys. So, um, you're going to want to listen to everything... 
um, that's been said. Um, I mentioned some things in here. And also, uh, the track conditions today at Glen Helen was unlike any other that we've seen in a while. It's Obviously, we don't get rain in Southern California for those of you guys living back east. So it's like heaven when it happens. Glen Helen takes moisture pretty well. It rained fairly well in the morning, so uh, track actually had some decent-sized ruts. It stayed moist. We had traction. So totally different conditions than we had on day one at sunrise, where we had pretty good conditions in the morning, then went to really dry and hard pack. Um, this stayed moist, tacky, deep ruts for California. Um, hills and lots of bumps. So once again, I go to these tracks because the manufacturers go to these tracks and test their product um, before they sell them. Um, Sunrise was one. Glen Helen is my second stop. Every manufacturer go to Glen Helen and test their production bikes or their pre-production bikes or their prototype bikes. Even race teams go to Glen Helen. If you have a good setting at Glen Helen, chances are very, very high that you will have a kick-ass setting everywhere else you go. So, this is why I'm going to these tracks, because the bike that you have in your garage right now is developed right here in Southern California by R&D riders, okay? Such as myself back in the day. Um, and they go to all these tracks. That's how they make your bike that's in the garage good. Glen Helen's a big reason for that. So that's where we're at today. Um, I only had seven test riders today from nine on Monday. Today was more like of uh, an older guy day. I didn't have any fast young whippersnappers that are Asiatic out there on the track scrubbing everything. Um, I'm still hurting from Monday, guys, so I didn't ride as well. I am going to do testing and count my scores on the last day next week. Um, so I will be one of the test guys, and I will give you more feedback from me personally. But I think it's unfair to the manufacturers and unfair to all you guys out there to have me cruise around and be injured. So I was a dumbass and uh, jacked up my ribs a little bit on Monday. So I'm going to try to let them heal a little bit more until next week and then tough it out. Stop being a pansy ass and um, get on the track and ride all six bikes and give you my opinion and my scores along with everyone else's. But today, um, seven guys and very, very shocking results to me. Um, as I was doing these interviews that you were about to hear, um, I couldn't even believe um, some of the comments that were, what were being said because they were drastically different than uh, on day one. So, um, the hills and the grabby dirt have something to do with that. So, once again, um, scores were different. Um, and we have a different winner, just to let you guys know that. Um, that's not shocking, because we've been talking about how close all these, these bikes are, right? Well, not shocking that we have a different winner, even though the Honda pretty much ran away with the score sheet and the win on day one. Um... Today, day two, the winner and second place was separated by Uno. One point. That's right. One point. So, um, third place was only two points back. Fourth place, fourth place was only five points back. So, 
Very, very close. Um, the comments, though, are, are drastically different. Uh, I had Grant Langston out with me today. You're going to find his interview very interesting. He has a lot of insight. He has ridden many, many bikes. He owns a motorcycle dealership. Um, of course, he's a national champion, world champion, um, supercross champion. And very cool to have him out. Honored to have him along for the ride um, for my Kiefer Inc. 450 shootout. And uh, his scores were actually um, um, shocking as well. So you'll you'll hear what he has to say. And um, he comes from a background, obviously with Mitch being at Pro Circuit. He knows how to set up bikes. He always was. I've heard, and I really didn't talk to him about this, but I've heard that he's always was a really good test rider. So. That's why I wanted to include him in the shootout because I know he could pick a pick apart a bike very well. Um, so that is the reason why he was included. A couple fifty-year-old dudes um, today, and heavier guy, same guy from day one. You'll get all their names and their info, and uh, also just to throw some some flavor in for you guys as well. While the test riders were were riding and doing their testing. Obviously, I ain't doing shit, right? So uh, I might as well get some more uh, content for you all out there. Um, the manufacturers um, were out there today at Glen Helen with me, and I end up doing a, a three podcasts with three different manufacturers uh, reps from uh, Honda, KTM, and Husky. And I thought it was cool to hear for her, you guys out there to hear their backstory and where they came from and how they got their job and what their role is in doing all these media shootouts because, dude, I'm telling you right now, there is a shit ton of them out there. And these guys, from the time the gate drops on shootouts, they're wide open for three to four months going all over the place. And they take care of the bikes. They take care of the um, the magazines. They take care of the dot-coms. They take care of everything that encompasses getting their machine out um, to these media outlets for you guys to listen to. So... Jason Abbott from Honda um, and Johnham Media, because Honda and the media company, um, they merged together, and Johnham is what Honda, Honda uses. Um, David O'Connor from KTM. You can tell he's not from Southern California when you uh, hear from him. And also Andy Jefferson from Husqvarna Bro Show. You'll hear his story and how he uh, made the main event back in the day and how he got his ride and and how he was uh an off-road race team manager and now he's the he is the the media guy over there at uh Husqvarna. So wanted to give you guys some more content and give you guys some uh background on those dudes very cool and I thank those guys for coming up. Also to um just let you guys know 3 days total in the shootout, right? But I am also doing a fourth show for the shootout as far as settings. Going to do a wrap-up show and also answer some of your questions that you guys sent to me over my email. We're going to talk about that. But basically just going to have a wrap-up show so you guys out there that are getting these bikes and listening to this podcast, which I thank you, um, will have some settings as well to kind of guide you along. Um, I'll kind of guide you with the guys that I used for their weight, ability, and their riding style. So you can kind of match those settings up with you and figure out which way you want to go. So without further ado, and I got piles of notes. You can hear all these freaking notes that I have over here. 
the winner today at Glen Helen. Again, rough day today. Ruddy. Grabby dirt and uh, massive hill, so horsepower rules. Suspension is key here, too, so this, this track encompasses everything. Um, the winner today, KTM. Not a huge shocker, right? It's a good bike. Um, Honda, second place. So you got these these uh, scores right now for the KTM. The KTM went five one five one two one one. Okay, so that's that's the Honda. Or oh, I'm sorry, that's the KTM. The Honda went one two one five one two five, and very close, sixteen to seventeen. One point. So one rider made the difference. People always say, oh, your test riders, blah, blah, blah. You guys are using so-and-so. When you hear these interviews, guys, these are just average guys that go buy dirt bikes, that test the motorcycles, that have been around them a little bit, that are in the industry. Um, they can give me some feedback, and they can give me some direction. There's no bias you know, towards anyone, any certain manufacturer. In, I hear a lot of, well, so-and-so rides a Honda, so of course he's going to ride a Honda. Uh, first, that's not always the case. Sometimes, yes, I'm not going to sit there and say it's not. But these guys ride all day. You can get used to a bike fairly quickly, and they even put more time on the second round that they go on. So there's plenty of time to get familiar with the bike. There's plenty of time to rate these bikes and give them all a fair shake, and these guys do. I just thought it was super cool that we are this close in points after an all-day deal, right? So once again, KTM with the win today. Second place was the Honda. Third place was the Husky with 20 points. Yamaha was in fourth place with 29 points. Fifth place was Kawasaki. Sixth place was Suzuki. Um, Husqvarna score was 2 4 4 2 3 3 Two. So you have these scores that are all over the board, like they're close to the front, back towards the back. Um, Yamaha, four, five, two, four, five, six, three. Kawasaki, three, three, six, three, six, five, four. And finally, Suzuki with a six, six, three, six, four, four, six. Um, of course, Yam, um, you can see that Suzuki got a third in there, and that was with our our heavier novice tester. Um, like I said, technique is not his strong point. He needs a bike that corners well, and that's why he rated that third. But you can hear all of this and much more in this upcoming uh, interviews that I do. There's several of them there. Um, I, I can't see Suzuki... Um, doing any better at the next track and here's the reason why uh, the same comments have been um, had from day one to day two with the other bikes they've kind of changed a little bit and, and flip-flopped somewhat and they've kind of either evolved or or just somewhat they've never been the same Suzuki's been always the same like lack of motor a little bit um, fork not such a good feeling Grant Langston has some really good points on the Suzuki um, the the slower guys, like I said, doesn't you know don't corner well. They do like that bike, 
But I just think Suzuki needs some more time underneath that bike. Um, the next track we go to is going to be a uh, faster, choppier track. So they tried really hard. And not to say, let's, let's, let's take this back. Not to say that's a bad bike. I think it's a good bike. A few minor tweaks, some suspension changes, and a better front tire. That front tire they have on is horrible, and you guys say, why don't you change it? Well, we're not changing that stuff because whatever comes from the dealership, we're just going to ride with, okay? I will be doing Living With podcasts, and I will be doing one with Suzuki. I'm going to do some modifications and see how well I can get it. And me and Mathis talked about this earlier. We're going to try to set a dollar amount for each each bike after we're done here at the shootout. And then do a little slightly modified shootout. You know, not to the extent three days. We'll just do one day. Go to a track and see how much better that Suzuki gets. You never know. It could jump up two or three positions. I don't think it's going to win. But it can jump up two or three positions. So um, there's many Suzuki lovers out there. For you Suzuki lovers, this bike's better than... You're 17 that's sitting in the garage, or you're 16. It, it corners better. I feel like it corners a little bit better, but it's a little heavier feel when I rode it. Um, not as harsh chassis-wise. And, of course, I feel, even though people have been cl- complaining about the fork, I think that fork's way better um, than last year's fork. So it just sucks we have to put someone in sixth, and as much work as Suzuki has done, I, I feel bad. And most of the riders do, too, in these interviews. You hear them like, man, I feel bad because um, it's not a horrible bike. But we, we do have to rank someone in sixth, and Suzuki was it. Um, Husky came through today. A lot of guys liked that bike. Yamaha was hot and cold. I still get the same comments from people with um, chassis feel. So most of the complaints that you'll hear in these upcoming interviews are more chassis-related. Everyone loves the Yamaha motor, okay? I'm going to read you some scores here. Let me go through my notes. Um, excuse the, the cold. I have a cold. And for those I for those of you out there, um, Kiefer, don't say um, um, I know. I say um a lot. I'm going to chill out on that. So I'll try to not say um as much. Engine rankings. Yamaha 1. Number 1. I wrote little comments and sections in my papers that writers fill out. Give me the ranking of the engine. Scores on the Yamaha engine. One, two, one, one, two, five, one for first place. Second place was the Honda. Three, one, four, two, three, two, five. Third place, KTM. Two, three, three, six, one, four, two. Fourth place was the Husky in the engine department. Four, four, two, five, five, one, three. Fifth place, Kawasaki, 5653464. Suzuki, 6564636. All right? That's the engine ratings. Once again, engine ratings. Yamaha first, Honda second, KTM third, Husky fourth, Cowie fifth, Suzuki sixth. Chassis ratings. Honda takes the cake. Honda won by two points in the chassis category with a one Two one four one two four. Second was a KTM, very close, only two points back. Five one five one three one one. Third place was the Husqvarna, only three points back from the KTM. Four three four two two three three. Fourth place was the Yamaha, 
three points back, sorry, four points back from the Husqvarna. Three, four, three, five, four, six, two. Fifth place, Kawasaki, which we'll talk about the Cowie real quick before we get off here. Cowie went two, five, six, three, six, five, five. And finally, Suzuki, six, six, two, six, five, four, six. Lastly, the suspension department, rakings, Honda, KTM, and Yamaha all tied, people. All with the same points, 18 points. Um, the Honda, KTM, and Yamaha scores varied a little bit. Honda went 2-1-4-2-5-1-3. KTM went 3-3-2-5-1-2-2. Yamaha went 1-2-5-1-2-6-1. Fourth place, suspension. Husqvarna, four four three four four three. Sorry, let me repeat myself. Four four three four, four three four. Fifth place, Kawasaki, five six one six three four five. Finally, sixth place, Suzuki, six five six three six five six. So as you can see, all very close. Categories really do matter. I like breaking them all down, not only just for overall scores, but cool to see what people think of the engine, chassis, and suspension. And um, what I was going to talk about with the Kawasaki, um, Grant really likes that bike. Grant likes that frame. And I mentioned this in an earlier podcast. That frame is really good on bump absorption, and you can feel that at Glen Helen. When you listen to these interviews coming up, Kawasaki uh, felt really good to a lot of riders. So um, listen in for that. I, I figure like it's kind of cool to hear... Um, when we go to these higher speed tracks and we have these higher loads on these bikes, how well that frame does. So I really hope Kawasaki goes and brings the spring fork back next year and keeps the same frame character because um, that frame works really well under um, high speeds and high loads. So look in for the interviews for that. Also... I'll be back next week. Don't know if it's Tuesday or Wednesday yet. I'm trying to get a track locked down. Um, if we might hit up Cahia for a choppy track, we might hit up Comp Edge. So stay tuned for that. And also, don't forget to email me at chris at kieferinktesting.com if you have any questions or comments. Again, I appreciate you guys sticking through these things. It's fun for me to do. Sorry I'm a little uh, hoarse and... Uh, tired when I get here, but I try to bust these things out right when I get home for you guys to listen to, so you guys have something you can uh, listen to on your way to work the next morning, or late at night if you don't want to hang out with the wife, and she's watching some bullshit that you don't want to watch with her, which happens to me a lot, so I understand, guys. So thanks for listening. Um, Stay tuned for these interviews. Thanks to all my sponsors out there. Thank you uh, to RockyMountainATVMC.com, Rutted Racing, and of course, FlyRacing.com, ScreenPrintingDone.com. And uh, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it immensely. This means a lot to me doing this. I'm excited. I love dirt bikes. I love shooting out stuff. I love testing stuff. Sorry I crapped out on you all and crashed, but I'll be back next week. And I'll break you down my thoughts of each bike along with more riders that I'll have on Tuesday or Wednesday. So this is fun for me, guys. Thank you. We're breaking new ground. Stick with me and uh, listen to these interviews. Thanks. What's up, everybody? Chris Kiefer here, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We are day two of the 450 MX shootout, doing some rider interviews. And right now we have none other 
than the GL8 Grant Langston. What's up, boys? Yeah. Kiefer, thank you for having me on. So you rode all the bikes today, GH. Yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> He's going to so be hurting geez. for a couple days. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, all those sprint laps, man. And you come in, you make a little tweak here, a little tweak there, and you go out, and you realize, man, I did, like, it was, like, uh, sprint work today. Yeah, right? So he rode all the six bikes today. Uh, we're going to rip off from six to first. So sixth place, Grant, you have the Suzuki. Tell me a little bit about what you liked and didn't like about the Suzuki. You know, I know Suzuki have come out with a new bike, made some changes, and, um... I, I honestly just think they kind of missed a little bit in, in, in most of the departments. Uh, the chassis and the suspension together, because it's hard sometimes to separate, um, felt was a little uh, twitchy. The bike is very narrow and compact underneath you, which I think for a smaller rider is not a bad thing. Um, but if definitely if you're of a six foot or a well built guy, I think it, it makes you feel a little bit cramped. And I'm not even tall, so right. I moved the bars, made some su suspension adjustments. Um, I know they got that new suspension um, on there for this year, and I don't know if it needs some more work or if it's just my riding style. But it didn't really work for me. Um, never felt comfortable. Was uh, a little twitchy through turns. The clutch even wasn't that great. It didn't have. More yeah. engagement feel, or it just didn't have a good feel. It felt a little sloppy, you know, like when you when you get on your buddy's ten year old, fifteen year old two stroke, <laughs> yeah, and right. it's like, you know, just a little bit roached out. Yeah, and you don't have a great feel. Yeah. Um, so it didn't really do anything well, even though uh, it, it's not like it's miles off the pace. Yeah. You know, it's just it just didn't quite have anything that made me excited. And, but I do think with a bike like that, maybe if you had some time to test it with some clamps, some suspension settings, I think you could get it where you'd be pretty comfortable. But off the, you know, off the, off the showroom floor, to me, it just uh, just kind of struggled compared to the other brands. Was the engine? How's the engine compared to the others? I think it was also maybe the slowest. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the, uh, the Suzuki wasn't that great, and um, and a lot of the other bikes. But when I say not that great, a lot of them are very similar. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I would say there's probably four. You know, the, the Husky KTM, you know, Honda and Cowie are all right there. I think only Yamaha kind of separates himself in that department. So for Suzuki, they were just once again just a little bit off the plot. Um, fifth place, you have the Honda, which actually won our first day shootout. So out here at Glen Allen, what did you feel <laughs> on the Honda? The Honda actually felt pretty solid all around. Um, I know fifth place maybe makes it look worse than than what it is, and 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 the Honda to me is this. The, the 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 chassis is pretty good. I, ha I haven't ridden the new Honda before, so I was pleasantly surprised by that. Um, but I think other people have made progress in that department too. Right. Um, I do like um, the mapping settings um, that you can change, and, and, and once again, a lot of the brands have gone in that direction. Um, I think what I didn't like on the Honda is sometimes coming to the corners, you know, you get the bike to lean over and it still wanted to stand up a little bit at times. Um, and then with the handling, I just felt like um, it had a harsh spot somewhere um, sort of mid-stroke. Okay. So under braking, sometimes you'd kind of be squatting, squatting, and then it would have a harsh spot. Uh, and there again, I think that could be something that could be fixed with some revalving. But, you know, if you're just talking the way it is... Um, just wasn't 100% comfortable on the, the feeling, like the feedback. Like there were some sections where, you know, when you're really confident, right. you go through there with a ton of speed and, and not a, a worry in your mind. 
uh, it still felt in some of those areas I didn't really know how I was going to react mm. so you kind of tend to roll off a little bit more but uh, I still think the Honda's a good bike um, it's so tough when you yeah, have to start hairs. exactly yeah. exactly and uh, you know even um, from riding their bike two years ago I think they've made some good progress and um, depending on your riding style too I could see why some guys would pick it because uh, if you've ridden more on Japanese bikes I think that's got a good overall feel yeah. for a Japanese bike whereas I think with my uh, type of riding style and spent many years growing up on KTM I still like a little more of that flex feel especially coming in the turn so the Honda was good it probably looks worse on paper yeah. from what I gave it but even when we said this though in the first day they're all so close yeah and we're splitting hairs and we're trying to find out what everyone you know kind of likes look at my overall comment at the bottom i said yeah. the gap between the brands is the closest that it's ever been in 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 i think ever you right. know in years gone by a lot of bikes they were like way over here on the left and way over here on the exactly. right and it was like whoa like they're way different now like you said it's and i think you go to a different track and maybe that order might be it's slightly changed. different yeah just well based it on actually the has you know and i've seen it today so honda down to fifth and other guys i've seen kind of had more problems today versus on day one yeah so, um fourth place is the yamaha all new bike for them um we kind of commented earlier about how much better this chassis is feeling wise yeah can you comment on that i think uh, the yamaha where for me it struggled was it felt big tall bulky uh -huh. and not nimble whatsoever they've definitely improved in that department a lot it felt a little little bit um, nervous with the suspension on the very little stuff okay um, and I don't know if that's you know to me it feels like just valving is that more on throttle or off throttle stuff <coughs> um, it was uh, on the throttle and, and I think sometimes too with that bike having a lot of power if you don't control it it can make it exaggerate the yes. sort of twitchy and dancing around um, I like how they compacted the frame I like how you feel like as a rider you're more in the bike I felt like in the past you were sitting on top of it mm -hmm. now you feel like you're back in the bike and they really made leaps and bounds in what I call those long ruts that aren't the perfect arc, where you almost stand your feet on the pegs deep into the turn. The Yamaha always used to want to stand up. And uh, Glen Helen today, we had uh, some rain this morning. Yeah. And so the track is, this is like winter Glen Yeah, Helen. this is a rare sighting here for Glen Helen. I've never seen it like <laughs> this in September. So we, we were treated today. But it also gave us a chance to ride these bikes with different conditions. It, it was a little sloppy, it got rutted. Um, but the Yamaha, I tell you what, man, you come out of this turn, you go, want to go up Mount St. Helen, you could do a start at the bottom at a standstill. And that tractor power that thing has is incredible. It's got so much torque that the hardest part is is just trying to hold Control on. It, yeah. Like, you got to go to get your, pay your gym membership fees to hold <laughs> on. If you hold that thing wide open going up the hill, if you don't pull your weight forward right. with your arms, yep. it's like doing a pull-up you'll loop out because it's got more power than I think most guys could use but what I love too is with their new mapping tool and all that I think for the average guy on the street there's so much adjustability mm -hmm. and that bike is very rider friendly as well now and those things last but I, I think one of the reasons maybe that it for me didn't win the shootout as I still think there could be some improvement um, on just some of the the agility Lean. like changing direction yep. like when you go through some of these switchbacks you feel the weight that you way you feel it a little bit more where some of the other bikes I just felt like were just a little bit better there. and and for me when you get to the 450s I think so much of it comes down to being comfortable yes you know they all have good power so you want to feel like hey I could ride this thing all day long right going to third which is shocking to me but you know, it's uh, 
this bike has been known to have a good frame. The Cowie got third in your eyes today. I think it was the um, I think it was the best uh, Japanese bike without a doubt. Um, meaning overall, I felt very comfortable when I got it. I thought the suspension was really good and. It's funny because a lot of people have been against air fork. Yes, correct. And then I realized when I came off and said, man, that thing handles so good. <laughs> and the air fork, <laughs> who I was, it surprised me once again. But um, the Cowie, the suspension is plush all the way through, and it works with the chassis. Um, the motor is, is, is not as good as the Yamaha, but the motor is also good. With the Cowie, to me, there was nothing bad about it. Um, I think the only area it wasn't as good as maybe, you know, one or two bucks was maybe a little bit on the power. Okay. And then um, adjustability, you know, like a lot of these other bikes, they've got traction control and map settings and all this. The Cowie's a little bit right. more basic, but I think it's a rider-friendly bike as well. It turns, it's nimble. Um, you know, when I got on it, you know, and that was, I think, the fifth bike I had ridden out of six today. Yeah. Um, so you're feeling it already a little bit. Yeah, and the track was getting rougher, and yeah. I still thought, wow, I was pleasantly surprised at how well it handled. Yeah, and that's kind of the direction I do, too, is like I get on it. It's not the best turning bike. It doesn't have the most power, but straight line you, stability is really good. Yeah, and you feel comfortable on it. Yes. Like, and it actually feels pretty light. I mean, does it feel light to you? Yeah, and I, and I, and I noticed, too, is on one or two of the other Japanese bikes, if you don't feel as comfortable... I felt like even after two or three laps of just holding on, like you were getting a little more arm pump and a little more out of breath. Mm -hmm. On the Cowie, after three laps, I was like, I feel relaxed. Like I could ride longer at this if pace. Nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah. Exactly. So that's to me a good feeling. And, and even I was a little surprised at how much I enjoyed that Cowie. Now, we're going to talk about second and first together because on paper, they're similar. Yeah. Uh, on the track, I've noticed that they don't feel the same. So you have the Husky second and KTM winning today. Um, tell us a little bit about the differences between those two and why you rank the KTM above the Husky. I think there again, it's it's this is really splitting hairs. Um, Characteristic-wise, when you get on just the way the bike handles and the way you go, if you switch the plastic, I probably would have never known. Um, it's just one or two minuscule things. I think the uh, the KTM suspension overall might have just been a tick better. Um, and there again, I know that they've spent tons and tons of times uh, doing testing. And I've actually had the chance to ride the bike before. So maybe I am a little bit biased in the sense that I'm so comfortable yes. with those, with that type of bike that to me it just feels like, oh, well, this would be a bike I'd pick. And, and we kind of ran into this during the shootout is guys own a bike. They feel comfortable on it. Yeah. They get on the bike that here at the test. They're like, oh, it's nice. I like that bike. But if something stands out, obviously you're going to go that route. I'll say that the, the reason to me why the KTM beat the Husky today on this track, on the shootout, I think their power is very similar. Mm -hmm. The power delivery is very similar. Um, I would say the Cowie might have handled a little bit, just a little bit better than the KTM, but the KTM um, changing directions and big holes and just, just the, the, the things like a big braking bump or, yeah. a, or a big hole in a rut, the KTM will um, absorb a little bit more That's of that. More forgiveness. Yes, and it, you know, it's it's more forgiving, and I think my riding style requires that. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I mean, on a piece of paper, you got to put one above the other. Right. And um, and I just think with with the KTM, there's just that slightly more comfortability. Are you a map one or map two guy on a KTM? 
um, map two. Yeah, it's a little bit more aggressive yeah. feel. To be honest, I try to just take all the bikes and start on the aggressive setting. Yep. Uh, just because of this track being heavy, low me, and obviously being an ex-pro, I, I do know how to handle the power. Yeah. And I wanted to see how these things would react. And I even tried, uh, you know, one thing I, I got to say that caught me off guard is um, the traction control yes. on the KTM and the Husky. And, uh, you know, the guys were saying a lot of riders don't even try it. And I said, you know what? It might be our egos because I didn't think I needed traction control. I'm <laughs> like, bro. You're pussified if you push yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, I know how to ride a bike. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Like, I know when I'm wheel spinning. You know, I've got good <laughs> throttle control. Well, I must have been digging trenches out there because I put the traction control on and I was using less energy and going fast. I mean, I could physically feel myself driving out of some of those turns and up in, the hill. And, and if you guys aren't here to see this, but the, the track's tacky today. It's not hard packed yeah. and slick. So yeah. I mean, it does work on days like this. Yeah. So I think for a lot of the consumers the one good thing is even all these bikes are, are, are pretty close and pretty good and it's not just a sales pitch but what I think has gotten better is even if there's one or two characteristics you don't like about a bike most of them have adjustability there's a lot of just there's more adjustability now in chassis suspension and engine and overall settings than there ever has been so you could you could probably spend a day on each one of these bikes fine tuning them yes. and going you know what this bike's better right. you know and, uh, and especially when you're spending nine to ten thousand dollars on a bike, you want that adjustability. You want to be able to go to different tracks and have it work. So, and KTM has been one of the, the leaders of this yeah. technology. So, and Yamaha, they've really stepped it yes. up with that 18. I think for the guy off the street, I think that, that, that what I like about that Yamaha is I think you can do a lot with it to really make yourself more comfortable and. Uh, and with all that power, you don't need to do anything to the motor. <laughs> yeah. You might want to just mellow out the power band yeah. if you're an intermediate guy. Um, and then I think really all you would do on that is just play around with some suspension settings, just depending. You know, a lot of, some guys tend to be over the front more, some are more over the back. Are you a front-end guy or a rear-steering guy? I'm a front-end guy. Okay. I'm all on the front end. That's why, to me, in the past, the Yamaha, I always struggled a little bit because when I wanted to come and push that front end in, it, it would stick and then want to stand the bike up. It's gotten a lot better in that area. I still think for them, there could be a little more improvement. Got it. Otherwise, I think the Yamaha could have been the number one bike. Well, there you go, guys. GL, KTM, Husky, Cowie, Yamaha, Honda, Suzuki. Um, I appreciate you coming out. And hey, hey, sorry, Suzuki fans, don't don't hate on me. Yeah, don't social media his ass and like, and like <laughs> go on a war path, you know. And Suzuki's a good bike; it just needs a little bit of work. It's the first year of this bike, so I'm sure they'll tweak it. And well, look look in the past. A lot of times when brands came out with a revolutionary new bike yep. or their version of a completely new bike, they always fine tuned it the next year. 2009 Honda. Yeah, piece of trash. You know, Yamaha did that when they came out with their new bike in what's it 2010? Yep. 2011 was fine tuned. They they fine tuned that a few times. Correct. So. Um, um, it takes a while. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes you nail a bit. Sometimes the Japanese manufacturers, the Japanese engineers don't give you enough time to get the stuff that you want on here. And I'm talking about the R&D guys here in America. Sometimes they don't work together some all the time. And this could be one of those moments where they needed to push this stuff out the door to get the bike sold and they weren't ready. So it could be something like that. So we don't know. But nonetheless... Thank you for and actually, we're gonna get GL up on the Pulp Show here pretty soon because that was one of the most entertaining uh, drives I've had in a while. So I'm gonna bug his ass. We'll get him back up. So uh, we'll have another uh, bitch and ass show soon, hopefully. Yeah, we'll do some arm curls. Yeah, there you go. All right, thanks guys. Day two, 450 MX shootouts, Glen Helen. Um, today was more of an older crowd. 
Easy. I had all the I had all the fast guys come out on day one, which we'll have some more on day three. But I got a lot more older, seasoned. Oh, okay, seasoned riders. We don't have any hair though. Old and seasoned. Okay. But anyway, Kevin Barda, he is how old and how much do you weigh? Fifty years old and one hundred and seventy. So basically, he's all dick and ribs, and he's one hundred and seventy <laughs> pounds. <laughs> Pretty much. But no, he can ride a dirt bike. Um, he's a marathon guy, but he rides well. So expert level. Yeah. Mammoth, you got what? Second in the 50A and fourth in 40A. Okay, there you go. There's your credentials right there. So, nonetheless, Glen Helen, ranking today, you ranked the Kawasaki 6. Explain to me um, some positives and negatives about the bike. Uh, positive, does everything good. Just didn't wow me. Didn't do anything to... Excite nothing to you. upset me, but nothing to excite me. Just kind of... But super forgiving, it seemed. Like, just real mellow engine, rev... Didn't do anything. It just kind of... How do you like the, the, the tack fork, that, that air fork? Yeah, you know. Middle yeah. of the road? Yeah. Was, was it the worst fork today? No, actually, I didn't like the husky fork. I couldn't get it settled on what was going on with that. We'll explain later. But yeah. So it wasn't the worst fork, but... So does the bike, does the Cowie still feel um, big to you, or is it... Okay? No, it's definitely gotten smaller over the last few years. Like, just, you know, as they've moved it, it definitely feels it's much more rideable to me. And you have, you, you feel okay cornering that bike? Yeah. Yeah, and, it wasn't. It was. And I kind of ask these questions to all the riders, basically, when they're in here. Are you more of a front end steering guy or a rear end steering guy? Uh, I'm not really much of a corner to begin with. So okay. for me, that's why I always like bikes that can turn to make up for my. So basically, uh, lack. you want to you want to bike that with front end by you yeah, want to be able to exactly. Make it so I, that's my weak point. Yeah. So <clears throat> did you? So you just noticed like going up these hills wasn't the. You yeah, it wasn't the monster it was a few years back. It seemed like you got on the Cali a couple years ago and almost scared you. Right. And this year, it's just... Just vanilla. Yeah, just kind of there. Middle. We've, had, we've had the word vanilla used That's a good. in this uh, shootout quite a few times, so uh, hopefully uh, we'll get some more excitement. So fifth place, you have the Yamaha, which is an all-new. This bike seems to be um, either... It's funny because it's either on top all the time or it kind of ranked down the, on the low side. So give us um, some points. What didn't you like about the Yamaha? It's just a big bike, and like I said, my weakest point is cornering, and it feels like it's a lot of bike to try to get settled into the, in, you know, into the turn in on the find that rut, and then combined with the big motor, it's yeah. like it compounds that big feeling. So I think if just a little bit of work, I mean, I raced a Yamaha two years ago for the whole year, and I like the bike. It do just, you notice now going off of that? Do you notice the bike, this new bike, being better? It's the, better. Yeah, it's definitely better. Like it's easier to. You know, it's it's getting closer to what the small bikes feel. So it like. is easier to corner. Oh, definitely. No, it's definitely better than it was. It doesn't doesn't want to stand up like before mid turn. Was really bad on the old bikes. You it, know, just is there somewhere in the corner that you feel like it needs work? Um, on exit. Okay. And I think it's again. I think it's maybe the motor just overrides the chassis. It's just so much motor. So I think if you got things a little more balanced, yeah. so you could use that motor. Um, some positives about the bike, what you do like. That motor. So it's, it goes both ways. It's, <laughs> yes, it's good it and bad. Yes, it does. I guess it's... Uh, it's the same reason why you like stripper girls yeah, half right. the time. Yeah, <laughs> You like them when you're there, and yep. you dislike them when you look home and you look at your wallet. <laughs> exactly. Right? You're like, okay. Exactly. So what other standout qualities did you like about the Yamaha? Um, the suspension's just good right out of the box. Like, it's just, it's so nice. Like, it just works so good. It's plush. It feels, it's you know, it's very... Very smooth, I guess is a good word for it. Do you think that is the best suspension in the market? I mean, out here today at Glen Helen? Um, I, I actually like the Honda better. Okay. And uh, just overall, 
you like feel coming. the Yamaha moves too much? Is it soft? Is it stiff? What what direction it is for um, you? I mean, because you are light. Yeah, maybe, maybe just like I said, maybe it just feels like a lot of bike, okay. and I think that's mostly it. It yeah. just feels like a lot. Um, ranked fourth is the Suzuki. Um, again, one of the bikes that came out this year that everyone was looking forward to. I think I feel like Suzuki and Yamaha were the, the top two bikes in that category. Um, so, what do you like about the Suzuki? Um, it gets things done right now, whether you're ready or not. Okay. Um, kind of the way I defined it was like I think the Husky, KTM, Suzuki are all feel very similar. Like when you sit on the bike when they corner, mm -hmm. but the I think the Suzuki had about three cups of coffee <laughs> this morning. So you you feel like the is the engine pretty mellow or no? The engine's good. Okay. Like I currently race a 16 okay. Suzuki, which is the same as a 17 essentially. Um, so, so maybe it's, break I, that down for us, like people listening out there, like guys that have a Suzuki, a current Suzuki, and now this new generation Suzuki, what, what's the difference? I think it's better. I think I'd definitely be faster on this one. And it seems reason. just the turns. It feels, it's nimbler, it's smaller. Like, I know it's still a heavy bike, but it doesn't feel like it. I don't know what they do to like, make that go away. But What about a chassis feel, like flex? And um, it's still it's still a stiff bike, okay, for sure. It, it definitely feels like I said that's what it kind of feels like that. It's similar to the Husky KTM, like it does everything really well now. It's mm -hmm. not quite as nervous, but it's still very harsh, yeah, like stiff, harsh, just quick. Like oh. I think it's a good bike for your first three laps, yeah. And then if you're not ready and you're out so of you shape, you gotta be in shape. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. want to be in shape to race a Suzuki, <laughs> right. I think. And what about the spring fork? Do you like the spring fork? Oh, so much better. Yeah. I hate my fork on my 16. Yeah. Yeah, I've just pretty much have come to grips with it. You got to deal but, with it. Yeah. yeah, like it is what it is. And yeah. I try nice to, to have a spring fork back on uh, I would. I'm going to try to get these ones off this bike when I leave. So. <laughs> what did you did you notice anything on the new Showa shock? Because this is all new technology. Um, the shock, not a whole lot. I mean, it felt planted, but I think kind of kept writing that on all my comments like oh shock felt planted i think that had a lot to do with the soft conditions today yeah you know it was easy we didn't get those big harsh breaking bumps because it's so soft out here today with that's, the rain that's the character of the shock we i feel like um and the technology if you look into it, it comes from road racing um and it to me over the course of the shootout so far the comments have been the shock on acceleration sticks to the ground really well. Very much. I, I think I wrote that on a few times, planted. Yeah. Like, it definitely feels, on my, on my bike, my race bike, it's definitely a little livelier coming uh -huh. out of the turns. Like, yeah. Do you, almost, you prefer that more of a dead feel? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'm more of a, a you know, grew up riding 500s, so Ooh. the last thing you want is, like, rebound. Well, we could talk, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> we could talk about there. <laughs> um, third ranked for you would be the Husky. The Husky. The Husqvarna. So the Husqvarna 450... Um, it's a good bike, right? No, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, it's just butter smooth. Like, yeah. it just feels like it just, just does everything really well. Like, really, it's kind of funny both. And to me, I mean, I know some people notice a big difference between the two bikes, but yeah. I, Husky KTM, KTM, yeah, I felt they were so close. So you think hairs. they feel similar out there? Very similar, yeah. Okay. As far as, maybe not how, but how they get around the track. Engine you know? feel? I, I thought they vibrated. Okay. Like, I noticed a lot of vibration compared to some of the, especially, like, Coming from the Kawasaki and the Suzuki, I felt like there was a little bit more vibration higher end. But it's one of those things, after two, three laps, you don't even notice it. You just notice it that first, jumping from one bike to the next. So you, you said the word, does everything kind of, it does everything well. Very um, much. Is it easier to control on the track when you start getting tired? I thought so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I don't know if it's a steel frame or well, anything. Let me, okay, but, let me ask you yeah. that then. Steel frame, do you notice that compared to the Lee's aluminum frame? It, it seems like it was softer. Okay. You know, it just had an overall, like, more forgiving feel to it. Yeah. In fact, I was chuckling in my helmet on the KTM when I was riding it that, and the Husky's the same way. They're like, no wonder why Dungey looks smooth. 
Yes. Like I kind of thought that in my brain, right. you know, like it definitely has a a soft feel. Like and today just, the track is you're not your typical Glen Helen. We had some rain. We talked about this with GL. I mean, um, soft ruts, but the acceleration chop coming yeah, out of these not, are, you know, yeah, minor. Not, right. Yeah. So, but the soft condition steel frame, you still feel like steel frame works well. Yeah, it still felt like still felt a little more forgiving, little. Yeah, you just kind of feel that give. <coughs> um, second, you have the KTM, so similar feel. Yeah, I thought I thought they're very very similar. Why do you rank the KTM above the Husky? For whatever reason, I don't know if it was setup or who I followed on the bike or whatever, but the fork just worked better. It seemed like on the Husky, when I had flat land, it was kind of harsh and kind of rebound quick. Yep. And I was just kind of like, it kind of blow through the stroke. It'd be kind of harsh and then go through and then come back real fast. So more and, of the, and the KTM trail. didn't have that. So yeah. basically, it, the two bikes it came down between the fork and your winner today honda which won our first day of the shootout so and you really haven't ridden a honda in how how long i think a third a 12 was the last one i had okay. so a couple days yeah so um what's the reasons why you like the honda from the first straight away it it's super balanced for me like coming into the turns just super balanced super it's small mm -hmm. so it feels more like a 250f like but it's faster now Definitely, it's kind of loud, but I guess it's got twice as many exhausts, so now it's twice as loud. Twice the fun. <laughs> but the thing I wrote in my paper was fun. Like yeah. that. Like if I had to pick a bike to go ride, yeah. I would pick that. Just because it was fun. Like I had the most fun whipping it over the hip jump. And that's um, the consensus so far is that bike has that excitement feel. Yeah, it's kind of, to me, it felt like the top four, the, the Honda, the Austrians, and the Suzuki, yeah. they all very similar. And like when you sit on the bike, where the handlebars are, how narrow they are, how small they are. And the Suzuki's like crazy. Like like I said, it's on coffee. Mm -hmm. And then the KTM Husky are kind of eh. But then the Honda kind of bridges that gap. Okay. So that's what I really liked about it. Um, you said balanced. You oh. said the word balanced too, and that's a, a word that I like to use when I test and. When you talk about balance, do you mean fork and shock working together? Correct. Yeah, like I felt coming into the into the and there's a couple spots on the track where we have these like you know especially down that front straightaway that little peaker to slow you down, right? The little wall jump, big chop coming into that and it just level the bikes. It would squat down, but it would be level when it did it. And you know Hondas were known for being stink bug back yeah. in the day, so that no, feeling. Like, yeah, but that's gone. Okay. Yeah, it feels like a different bike. So you have ten thousand dollars. You're gonna go spend your money. Where would you go spend it? I'd get a 06 RM250 and put the rest in the bank. <laughs> Don't listen to that, people. Trust me, that's not what you want. To do. <laughs> you have six uh, maybe choices. 03, maybe an 03 125? Oh, no. no. See, you're getting out of this truck. That's what she thinks. Um, six bikes. I mean, you, I mean, you're in the market for a new bike, yep, right? So I am. It's kind I of one of the reasons the why Suzuki. I wanted to have you. Yeah. No, I definitely. I think it does. From what I did today, I definitely go with the Honda. Mm -hmm. But I would immediately go down and get a hydraulic clutch for it. Really? Or at least some. So why, why do you linkage. like the hydros? Well, I don't care about hydraulic per se. Yeah. But the pull on the Honda is way heavier. Okay. Like I got, I went back out on the Yamaha after it, and it was like easier. You need a works connection perch. On Something, that. yeah, just a different perch, a different linkage, yeah. you know, a different arm, something to ease that pull. I don't know why. I'd save the money on the electric start. I can kick my own bike. Give me, give me a smoother clutch pull. Yeah. It's, and you said the cockpit is small, and you're a taller guy. Yeah, but I think I ride smaller or something. I don't know. And that just, doesn't bother you? I prefer the bike to be a little smaller. Like I said, I think if if I were to rank my abilities for my class, like I like to jump. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm usually not afraid yeah, to hold a wide open. Yeah, you're a jumper for a 50-year-old. Yeah, right? I call it my miracle whip. Yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle I'm still doing it at 50. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you're... you're your age bracket is good for the consumer to hear this, and also maybe you're a little bit lighter than the average guy, but it's good that you have, I mean, if you have that money and you're going to go spend it, 
you would you would you say these bikes are all pretty close together? That, and that's the thing I put in my comments on our, you know, our paper is. I ranked the Kawasaki last pretty much in everything. Yeah. And I would gladly race it this weekend. Right. Like, not even... A, it's not back... I mean, you remember back in the 80s, you would get on some bikes, and literally within two straighters, you're like, like you couldn't pay me to race this bike. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting at. So <laughs> if someone said, hey, I'm going to give you some free bikes, it, it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't even care. So wouldn't even care. They're all great bikes. Yeah. They really are, have gotten... They've all gotten so bloody good that it and, doesn't even matter. And I mentioned that people, you know, when I talk to you guys on, on my podcast is, go to your dealerships. Find out what... Who's giving you the best deal? Who has the best contingency if you're racing, you know? Um, dealers are willing to help you parts-wise, you know? It, that's what it boils down to, you Yeah, know? if you could get some good dealer support out of it and ride any one of these brands, they're all so good now. I, I, I jokingly, because people, because I'm one of the faster old guys, people always come to me like, what bike should I ride? I'm like, just pick a color. Right. Like, honestly. Like, if you like white, get a Husky. It'll be, it's an awesome bike. Yeah. If you like or green, get a, get a Kawasaki. Get Yamaha's a Yamaha. Too. The Yamaha, yeah, you can go either way. <laughs> yeah. If you can't decide, get a Yamaha. Right. Kind of like what you do. You go either way. <laughs> well, exactly. But only, <laughs> only if the money's right. That's right. All right, <laughs> guys. Kevin Barda, thanks for coming out. Thank you. Uh, it was a good day at Glen Helen. His rankings, again, Honda, KTM, Husky, Suzuki, Yamaha, and Kawasaki. Engine ranking, you rated it first, the Honda, and chassis, and Honda. So Honda pretty much swept all the board for you. For me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's rare, because I'll, when I see these sheets when I get home, um, those are usually scattered for the win. So basically, Honda took the cake for Kevin. Um, you said what? How tall are you? 5'11". 5'11", 170, bald as fuck. That's Kevin. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Hey everybody, I wanted to bring you a little special uh, snippet pod while the riders are still out riding and testing. Um, I have Jason Abbott. He is Honda's two-wheeled marketing, is that marketing manager? Marketing, two-wheel two, marketing? Two-wheel off-road media coordinator. Two-wheeled off-road media coordinator. So, Jason's duties are, is, to babysit all of us pussy-ass media people and to handle everything two-wheel off-road related, correct? Correct. And Jason goes back a long way. Actually, I was talking with Jason the other day about racing, and you said you won Loretta's what year? Yeah, I won Loretta's in 1995. In the C-Class? Yes, uh, 250C mod. Nice. Yeah, I got the whole shot. It was it was torrential downpour, literally a lake on the starting straightaway, and I figured that I'd wear all white, so that it would make me want to get get the whole shot and like freak everybody out. So I ended up that's what it did. I got the whole shot and dipped out, and then it was uh, it was ended up going from a three moto format to a two moto format that year. Yeah. That year because there was so much rain, but I ended up winning both motos, and then it was you know it was good. So got a champion. Yeah. He's way better than me because I totally sucked at balls this year. Hey, Loretta's is hard. Yeah. That, that checks no joke. So tell us about how it is being in your position. Um, Tell us a little, just tell us a little bit about shootouts and how Honda goes about, you know, working everybody in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of, it takes up a lot of my time this time of year. Um, you know, we, we get our bikes, um, you know, initially we got to, you know, prep them, get them all ready for uh, intros. We have our intros. Then, obviously, as soon as they're back from the intros, we got to re-prep them. Yeah, go they, back real quick. So, do you guys actually break these bikes in before we get them? Yes. So, yes. how long do you put time on those? Uh, maybe about a half hour. Okay. Yeah, just just to go through and make sure everything's good. And, um, you know, it's kind of nice being on this side. I mean, I was on the magazine side for 12 or 13 years, and so it's nice being on this side to be able to kind of see what happens on the back side and, and see what preparation goes into it. So, now, being in my position at American Honda... 
I know what the media expects, and so I try to, you know, be ahead of the game and, and try to do a good job on that end. So, obviously, Honda and you have a lot of work to do. How many media outlets do you guys have to do about this time of year? Um, Especially, I mean, well, for off-road, the moto side right now. There's a, there's a lot of me different media outlets that I deal with. I mean, there could be upwards to you know 15 or 20 different people um i have my main outlets you know the people that are you know putting out the most content and you know drawing the most eyes and whatnot but um you know there's there's eight shootouts this year um i don't i think this is the most shootouts there's ever been in, inside of you know, the motorcycle industry <laughs> hey hey it's all good all it does is give the consumer more information to when they go out and want to purchase their motorcycle and you know 2018 i think honda's Right yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that. You guys won our uh, first day at Sunrise, um, actually by a good margin when I was adding up the scores. Um, obviously, we don't know the score today, but Honda's had a rough go for, for a while in the 450 class, so to speak, in the media um, testing world. Um, so how how's the how's the how's the faces around the hunting department now these days? Since well, you guys won vitals. Yes. And so yeah, how is it? Uh, everything's good, man. I mean, obviously, 2017 was all redesigned, uh, all new for for last year with the 450R. Um, you know, it was a great package, uh, great motorcycle. Um, there was things that we found during the shootout that you know, say the media outlets were going, okay, soft suspension or or whatever. You right. know, there was a couple different things for 18 few minor uh you know tweaks and and upgrades you know suspension and power and e-start um hangers i mean the combination of those small changes made a huge improvement on the motorcycle and i mean honestly 2018 is a great year for honda do you get to look at the sales um, sheets and like how how sales have been um i do uh that's more on on the other department but i i get to glance at them here and there so how are sales compared to like 2016 you know from 2017 did oh. they go up yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah okay. definitely Off i would say so because i mean i'm out here at the tracks a lot you know testing and riding here in southern california and i see a lot of hondas now and then 16 i didn't see that many you know you know what's funny is that you depending on what track you go to and what day you go to the track you see different types of people mm -hmm. um obviously Glen hill and thursdays are, are hardcore race race people and um there's definitely a lot more hondas out on the track um you know the serious hardcore racers but man on the weekends when it's just your you know your average dude the guy at nine to five or during the week you would see majority hondas yeah. you know and and i was always like that you know that was always really cool to see you know i don't know if i just started noticing it more when i started working at honda or whatever but um yeah there's the hondas are out there they, there's definitely um you know people bleed red oh, and yeah. uh it's it's, it's funny cool to too like you say that in 2016 i saw a lot older crowd ride those bikes because like, mm -hmm. it was a mellow power you know not a, not a big hit but now i see more of a mix i see the younger kids riding them now i see still the older older guys riding them you know um obviously they're winning a shootout for a reason so um let's talk a little bit about before honda mm -hmm. um i was at dirt rider for many years i know and i met you when you were at cycle news yep and you said 12 years at cycle news yes so i started uh in 2002 
Um, Steve Cox, uh, I was working at Montclair, Omaha. Mm -hmm. I worked there for eight years in the parts department, but Steve Cox approached me in 2002 and asked me to do the 250 two-stroke shootout, the 2003. Um, Were you a test guy then? No, I wasn't. I was just a racer. Did you evaluate? Were you good at it? Yeah, I felt like I always have. I've always been my own mechanic. I've always worked on my own stuff, built my own motors, wheels, suspension. Like I always did my own stuff. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it was. Um, So I always felt like I had a good connection. And, and testing is something that I always wanted to do, but I just didn't have the end. Yeah. Well, I'd known Steve forever. I grew up racing with him or whatever. So when he approached me, I'm like, hey, Montclair, I'm sick tomorrow. So I'm going to go to this test, but I'm sick. Yeah. So showed up to the, to the test. I rode from, I was the first guy on the track, the last guy off the track. I ended up getting heat stroke, puking everywhere. He's going to show him what's up. I had to show him that I was willing to do whatever it took. And from that point, uh, Kit Palmer basically never stopped calling. So up from, you know, the end of 2002 up until, um, I, what is it? The beginning of February of 2016, uh, I was uh, helping out at Cycle News, testing. Uh, I started doing uh, race coverage, uh, contributing editor, um, setting up the, the shootouts, going to intros. I mean, that was you know it was a good good run over there for sure. I mean, I went on lots of intros the last ten years. Yeah, I mean, you've probably seen a lot. I mean, ten years and seen a lot of a lot of shitty bikes and a lot of good bikes in that span of time. Yeah, I mean, I've ridden. It's kind of cool, but I've ridden. <laughs> Every single motocross and off-road bike manufactured since 2002, yeah, which is pretty cool. And now you're stuck. And now, right. now I'm on red, and and I'm, I couldn't be happier. There you go. Um, going back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, like you said, you worked at Montclair Yamaha. Were you always around dirt bikes since a little kid? You and your family? Not really. Like uh, I remember, I still remember it. Like it was yesterday. I was like maybe three or four, and my uncle. I was up in Canada visiting on vacation, and my uncle gave me a ride on a little um, little Trail 50. And ever since then, it's it's been something that like it, that stuck in my head. Yeah. So when I was about eight or nine, I was carrying around a dirt bike magazine. That's just what I did because I thought dirt bikes were cool. My uncle saw this, and then probably about six months later, showed up at my house after school one day, and he had bought me a YZ80. Nice. And uh, it was all it was all what over. Year that? Uh, 87 yz80 oh yeah, yeah that's that's the go. bomber right yeah, there yeah. so uh cut my teeth on that and that had... sucks dude because 87 cr80 was badass dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, i rode i rode my yz80 with no front brake for a good year because oh, i yeah. broke the caliper and i didn't have money to buy a caliper so i just rode no front brake to yeah. drum in the rear no front oh yeah yeah i was sick momentum yeah, all, yeah. All about i remember momentum. when i first got my uh, 88 kx80 i had a rear disc and i thought i was the shit dude i was like hell yeah so last question uh you got your job you're you're the honda guy you see any ball hangers out there you see how's your email list growing how's your uh, instagram <laughs> social media numbers uh, you see any guys creeping around there's there's definitely people that have come out of the woodwork yeah you know i mean i i've been in the motorcycle industry for a long time and you know definitely put my head down and been grinding you know and obviously you know racing was cool but it didn't pay off but I always knew that I wanted to be in the industry um you know and it 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 just worked out you know I gotta thank everybody at Honda I mean you know everybody over there has been really great um everybody at John Media so I also I'm basically I work for yeah, both Chris Honda. Johnham was a cycle news guy too. Yeah, yeah so Chris Johnham was cycle news uh started Road Racer X he now has his own media company uh Johnham Media we have an amazing team over there um you know Manny Fontaine Bradley Adams 
Um, you know, Chris, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great, great team. We have, we have a solid team from at Honda and outside of Honda. And I mean, uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. And, you know, there's always, there's always going to be, uh, I, I'm a hungry, I'm hungry for more. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just going to keep grinding and no matter how long it takes or how hard I got to work, I'm always going to go for and it. And the thing that people out there don't understand too, and real quick is, you know, in the industry, we don't we don't get rich, right? So we're all here because we love dirt bikes and we love being around them and we're a part of it. I mean, I'm sure you can attest you're not making a shit ton of money over at you know John yeah. and Honda, but yet it's a good job, yep. good people, yep. and you make a living. Yep. That's I love, why you do it. Love what I do. I can support my family, um, my wife, my kids. I mean, we can. Yeah, it's it's good to be able to survive in the motorcycle industry. You yeah. know. Exactly. Good word. Survive. Yeah. So there you have it. Jason Abbott. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Hey, everybody. Day two. Another rider interview. Another older fella. Big Air Todd. He was here on day one. He's back for day two at Glen Helen. Um, we have the rankings for Todd. And uh, I, I listened to Todd's interview back, I don't know, yesterday. And I thought it was good because here, here's a little backstory with Todd real quick. So Todd's pretty blunt. He says it how it, is, how it how he feels. The filter is not... It's kind of clogged. Um, no, I should say, you know what? The filter's clean because everything just goes right through it. If there is a filter in there, right? That's what people say. Yeah. I mean, so, that's... Some people don't like that, but for that sake, I do like that as a, a media testing guy because there's really no bias. He hops on a bike. He tells me his feelings, and, uh, and here's what his feelings are. So. Some, sometimes I don't like the way I feel, but I, I gotta be honest. Right, so, and don't we all know about that? Yeah. Um, yes, so you ranked the Yamaha 6 last time, and you ranked it here again. So, similar feelings that you had from Sunrise. Yes, it still felt like the suspension just kind of, front and rear kind of just blew through, blew through the, the It moves too much for you. It just, it just, I don't know how to how to describe it. It just it what it just the top the beginning of the suspension just went through fast, and it felt like it went all the way to the bottom fast. There was no like progression in the suspension where like if you start to bottom like four or five inches down you start to get stiffer. And st this didn't do that. It felt like it just it was just bouncing back and forth. I, we slowed the rebound down. Um, we softened it up a little bit, and we actually went the other way. And then he. Uh yeah, it, it still did, it just didn't feel like, especially like exiting choppy, uh, you know, acceleration bumps. Mm -hmm. It was just like it wasn't it wasn't settling down and making traction. So it was a little harsh feeling. And the same entering braking bumps. It was it was yeah, it felt harsh on the front forks and the rear. It felt the same. They felt the same. I need to spend a lot more time on that. I weigh only 165 pounds too. Right. Yeah, so, I mean that's I mean that's not a it's not really that light, you know. So I mean, a lot of guys do like it. That's your your. Your weight, but you're a little what five eight? Yeah, five eight. It's a little shorter. So, some some smaller guys don't really accept the cockpit of the Yamaha. How do you feel about the cockpit? That, yeah, that's that was another thing. I just never felt comfortable riding the bike. Okay. It felt the, the it felt heavy and wide in the front end, and it just maybe it's built for a bigger, taller, heavier guy. Well then, but yeah. I'm, I'm bummed out about it too. I, you know, I want to I want to like it. I mean, it's not it's not. What good. do you like about the Yamaha? The motor. The motor for sure is like an electric train diesel powerhouse. Electric train diesel. That's a lot of things. Because <laughs> they make electric trains. That, uh, but where's the diesel come from? The diesel powers the electric motor. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to go with Come that. on. But I, so give me a, give me a see the pants review of the motors. Like you're rolling out on the track. It's a whole shot machine. Okay. If that's what it is. Is it easy to control? 
Um, I felt it was fine. I mean, it was just strong. It's strong and pulls all the way through. It's crazy. And is it connect? Do you feel like you have a good connection to the ground as far as I feel like the the bike? I just don't feel like I'm comfortable on the bike, but it feels like the motor is just scary fast. Yeah, but you do feel like the motor is the best part of the bike. Yes. Okay. So fifth place, you have the Kawasaki. And the reason, what? Give me one thing of each that you like. So like and dislike of the Cowie. I like the stability at high speed. Okay. Just get off, lay, lay, get off the back fender, lean, lean back, and pin it. You're gonna go straight. It's not gonna swap out. It's just that's one thing I love about it. Dislike about it. The cornering. It and just doesn't. It corners better than last year and probably the year before that for sure. But it just doesn't. It doesn't have that. I don't know if it's the front end rake and the fork angle, or maybe you need to change the triple clamps. But uh, it just doesn't want to dive into the corners like some of the other bikes. Well, last year the Cowie was the same. So this this year Cowie and last year Cowie is the same. So I think last year you rode it was the previous year. Yeah. Um, Two years ago. And how does the so you like the the chat? So basically the frame is what you're saying. Straight line stability, that that absorption that yep. the Kawasaki brings. Yep. Um, what about the the engine? The engine was strong. I mean, and fast. It, I felt like it had a. Not much bottom end though. Felt like it was mid and, and top end power. It wasn't like the Yamaha. Yamaha felt more like I said linear, like an electric diesel. Electric train. diesel train. If anybody sees an electric <laughs> diesel train, give me a picture of that thing because I want to see what the fuck it looks like. <laughs> but uh, but the Cowie, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of the bikes. Like I said, you might want to change the triple clamps and the linkage, um, or or whatever. The handlebars, little things to make it, it to suit you, and then spend a day. You know, on the clickers. So, and so, by the way, today was an incredibly epic day at Glen Helen. It rained all morning, and the sun came out at about 10 a.m., and it was just epic. Right. Fourth place, you ranked the Suzuki better this this, this it, time around. Yeah, because because of the deep, uh, muddy kind of rutted corners out cornered here. Good. It cornered a lot better than, uh, and the, and I just noticed more that it has a great. Uh, top end pull and top end power. It doesn't have that much. Isn't that bottom? Bottom, yeah. So that makes you think it's slow, but it's not slow. It's got. If you want to ride it, you got to ride it hard and rev it hard. And it's it's got a fast, hard pulling top end. So Big Air Todd's number one comment is cornering today on that. That's positive. Yes. The number one negative would be on the Suzuki. Today. Probably the forks. They just didn't. They didn't feel like they had much. I don't know. Uh, <coughs> what do you call it? Like feedback. It wasn't. They didn't settle down as much as I'd like them to. Mm-hmm. We made some adjustments and made it better. And like I said, it, it really it jumped up from from the other day. It makes it. It was a great bike. Um, third place, Husky. Husky, man, that really is a fun bike. It's got it's got all the uh, power adjustments. You know, there's the aggressive power, standard power, traction. and traction control, yeah. um, electric start, and plus it's light and flickable. It's just so much fun. It's like. It really puts a smile on your face, really in hoops. Like if you're going into a hoop, hoops that are in a corner, so you got to like jump <laughs> and turn as you're jumping and turning and jumping. It just it's kind of like a long sweeper with rollers. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, Super fun. You There's, like that sticks? It, yeah. It just you, it's almost like you're riding. It feel like you're riding like a BMX bike. Okay. You're like pushing the front end down when you're landing. You know, lifting up and whipping the bike sideways. It's just awesome. Yeah, we mentioned it before in the previous podcast and in, in the shootout that the. Sh- this Husky NKTM is what twelve pounds lighter than the other bike, so you feel that on the track. I didn't know the, the weight difference. Yeah, but you can feel it. Yeah, so, for sure. And there you go. It's like he doesn't. I don't really give the information a bigger time. I never met. I never weighed that. the bike. <laughs> <laughs> One dislike about the Husky today. I guess the handlebars. 
with, yeah. with the handlebars. They just seem narrow and sweet back. Okay. They don't. They seem like they're. I saw di- you with the measuring tape earlier, measuring bars. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I was just like, is it in my head? Are these bars shorter? So but they're not they, shorter. They're same. No, they're all the same. But I'm like, it feels shorter. Maybe it's just the bend is a little bit. Maybe the bend is low on those bikes. They're low and maybe sweeping back. Okay, and you don't but, like that. It wasn't like I, I got adjusted to it in like two laps. You're, you can get used to it, you know. You ever ride a, you ever crash a bike in a race? Pick it up. Your bars are bent all the time, and you you get used to it in a few laps. Uh-huh. You got bent bars, yeah, and you're still pinning it, right? So, so you just you, got used to it. You just got used to it. What was the train again? The electric diesel train. <laughs> electric diesel. <laughs> all right, second place. We gotta stop having so much fun. Yeah, uh, second place. Honda or Honda? Where did you, I, I'm not looking at day one results. What did you rank day one? What did you? I rank? think it was two, number two also. Okay, so Honda second it, again. It just rails corners. It's just it's fun to ride. So you think the Honda corners better than Suzuki here today? God, they're really close. And that's what you were saying before we started this, wasn't? It? Yeah, they really corner almost the same. Um, I, I guess I'd have to just say that the Honda has a little more bottom, mid. More and, excitement for you? Yeah. And, uh, Does it feel lighter because of that? No, the Honda doesn't feel that light, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I'm always honest, but it doesn't feel that light. But Plus, it's just sexy looking. You like that? It's a good looking bike. And we're, just, we're gazing we're at gazing it. We're gazing at it right now. <laughs> you know what? Out of our office window. Not to get off the subject, but out of all these bikes, what's the sexiest looking motorcycle out of all of them? It's definitely not the Yamaha. Sorry. Okay. And you're really hard on the It's Yamaha. not the Cowie. You know, Butler and those guys are not going to like it. I you. love Butler. <laughs> I apologize. I feel so bad. I want to like it. I want to spend a day with Butler out at Glen Helen or Answer somewhere. the question, Big Air Todd. What's the best looking bike? I'd say the Honda. Okay. So the Honda corners well. You like that. You like this exciting bottom end feel. Yes. What about the suspension? I think it's it's very well balanced and settles down in corners. Like it doesn't stand up. The suspension, it, that's what makes it corner so well. It's so progressive in the way the bike settles down in corners and lets you corner. Right. Makes you it helps you to feel comfortable in ruts. Right. You pick your head up. You look at the exit of the corner of the rut, and you're gonna you just it's like automatically you get there. So it's basically you point in the direction and it goes what you're saying. Yeah. Wherever you, wherever you, like I said, in a rut, the one thing you don't want to do in a rut is stare at your front fender. Right. You're on the Honda, you go into the corner, and you stare at the exit, and before you know it, you just got something, something that you don't like about it? Uh, the red fork guard. Oh, see, that is lame. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> There's got to be one. I mean, it didn't win, right? So that, tell me why it didn't win. Tell me why the KTM won and the Honda didn't win, Todd. Uh, that's a good question. Was I, it close for you? Was it hard for you to decide which one? To absolutely, it was hard for the top six. I mean, uh, to rank them all was difficult. But uh, he's and, and hey, you guys aren't seeing this, but he's having a she's on the struggle street right now. Yeah, I'm, he's, he's really pulling out some hairs. <laughs> <there. laughs> There's a beast. So tell tell me why. Not to put you on the spot, but tell me why the Honda was second and the KTM won. Maybe because the KTM just takes away the acceleration bumps a, a little bit better than the Honda in the suspension. And entering the corners, you have the braking bumps. And it just kind of has... The KTM has more of a magic carpet flying ride over the tiny little stuff. So, And then you set, it settles down in the, in the rutted corner a little bit lower and a little bit smoother. And it just... It just the KTM is more of a forgiving machine. Yeah. And we've mentioned this on the on the podcast, and I know some of you guys are saying, "Oh, I'm leading my my test riders into something." I'm, I don't lead him. Like I'm just trying to give you guys some testing terms here. So, chassis on that Honda is obviously a little bit more rigid. 
yes. than the KTM. So this forgiving thing that Todd is saying, I'm relating that to a testing term, and to me, that's frame feel. That's chassis feel. So you have the Honda, which is precise and turns well. So what does that mean? That means it's going to be a little bit stiff, right? The KTM is a steel frame, right? And it's stiff in the steel frame genre, so it's a whole different feel, and it turns well as well. I've heard on the Honda, if you drill out the upper motor mount uh, bracket that holds the, uh, the cylinder, absolutely, that changes the whole chassis. Well, then Honda flex. changed that bracket this year. So yes, that it's, bracket's it's, an RX hanger. It's a narrower, for sure, than yep, it was last it's year. It's softer, so they're trying to get some of that flex back, right? Yes. And you feel, and you rode the 17, correct, or no? Uh, no, I didn't. I took that year. I took last year off. So, so you took a year off. Too many wrist surgeries. Right. So last year it was more of a rigid feeling. This year they kind of toned it down a little bit, but didn't really hurt the cornering, I feel. Um, so the KTM. I guess I would say the difference between the Honda and the KTM is the Honda feels a little heavier. Okay. And, and, it, and it feels a little stiffer, and the KTM feels a little lighter, and it feels a little more broken in. <laughs> Compare the motors between the two. I mean, to compare that KTM power versus that Honda power. The KTM power just seems to. I mean, well, it has the it has the two. It has the choices. Right. Well, the so the Honda has the three choices. The three choices. Um, but just let's just. Care. These bikes are so fast; it's ridiculous. Right. Oh, I mean, back in the day when I was riding a two fifty <laughs> two stroke, and there was the one twenty five class, that was like manageable power for people. Now, now they're just so fast. I just, it's hard to hang on. So. Todd gets confused. All know, the time. Right, because he wants to pick, you know, he probably wants to pick all of them. But I take any one of these and bikes I force off. him to pick a winner, and he doesn't want to do it. I don't. But I force him to do these interviews for you guys, just to let you guys know out there that how hard it is to rank these things. If you see me now, if you saw me now, I'd have little beads of sweat. Yeah. And, and even GL told me today, man, it's a, it's splitting hairs. Like, it is. You're splitting hairs. You know, all these bikes could work out for you. Um, so KTM won both days for Todd. Yep. And, uh, but again, like I said, I literally would, I could take any one of these bikes home and make it my bike. Yeah. So you have 10 grand. What are you going to buy? I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Yeah. At 10 grand. What am I going to buy? What, which one of these bikes are you going to buy? I buy a KTM. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Big Air Todd's going to buy a KTM. He probably has 10 grand by the way. So you probably could buy a bike. I'm right. doing all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks. Thanks guys. Hey guys, I'm back. Um, guys are still out testing right now. It's starting to rain a little bit here at Glen Helen. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool to get some of these manufacturer reps to talk about how they got in the industry and just to kind of tell you guys how much you know they support um, what I do. Not only me, but all the media outlets out there. And it's kind of a pain in the ass. There's so many of us now and more dot-coms are getting created. I mean, I'm I'm in that boat as well. I, you know, I'm adding to their workload. So uh, I've known... Dave O'Connor for, I don't know, a few years now? That was that Dirt Rider? Probably like five years, I'd guess. Yeah, so what is your title at KTM? So my title at KTM is Media Relations Technical Specialist. There you go. So my main job is to come out and, and help out at tests for, for magazines, websites. Anybody's doing like a new model, we do an intro, prepare the bike, come out and help everybody get set up for the day. Now, we can kind of tell by your accent you're not from Southern California. Yeah, most people are like, are you from Austria? Because I work for the Austrian company. Yeah. Actually, no. Um, Ireland. So I grew up racing, started when I was 15, had a, the bug for motocross, rode every weekend, raced. And then finally I decided, okay, California, it's the Mecca. i got to come here on vacation. I think I was like 25. Came here. 
kind of like spent two weeks and like man I gotta get back here so that was my mission went back home sold up like bikes um, cars everything made my way back here and then kind of worked worked my way into the industry got to know people moved through a lot of jobs yeah what did you do before you were at KTM when you got here and so I've worked at um, a vacation company, Race Tocal was my first okay, yeah. first job. Then I went ra- racing um, Supercross with Adam Chatfield from England. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we had the European yeah, tie, uh, Richardson's RV team, <laughs> Suzuki. And then after that, I worked at Kawasaki working on their off-road team. Okay, so you yeah. worked with Gary a little bit, Sutherland? Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Gary wasn't one of our writers at the time, so we had our own guys kept us busy, but then Mr. Sutherland would come by, hey, my bike's doing this, my bike's doing that. Shocking that Gary's bike would be a piece of shit. Yeah, he was more work than my actual writer, but Gary's a good guy. We got to know him over the years, help him out. So then I worked a year at um, JDR, so that was a KTM team, so I got to know KTMs and got out my 13T handles and T45s, dig yeah, them tools out. Exactly. So then a spot came up at KTM, applied for it, and Tom Moen was the guy doing the interview. So went went with Tom, did an well, interview. Let's stop there. So that right there would have to... Now, for those of you that know Tom Moen, Tom Moen has been around... Oh, Forever, he, he's he's Mr. KTM. Yeah, he's, like he's, he, he was around when KTM's were no good. Okay, when KTM's, no one even wanted to ride him. Tom was there, so he is not like when you meet Tom and you see him, you're like, man, I'm kind of scared. He, he has a has a very uh, um, frightening face. He doesn't look happy all the time. But Tom is a is a teddy bear. He's a nice guy, but. If you don't know him, it could be intimidating, right? I'm going to say no comment on this, <laughs> but Tom is actually one of the best bosses I've ever had. So started the first week. I'm like, okay, new job. Here we go. It's going to be tough getting to know people. So start working with Tom first week, kind of hit it off. Everything went good. We go right on weekends together. We're, yep. we're, we're good buddies. So it was it was a great, great move to move to KTM. How long have you been at KTM now? Um, five years. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. And... How so? We're what deep into these 450 shootouts here, and we're into September. So, how many um, do you have coming up, and how many have you done so far? So, we've done. I think we started off with Vital was the first shootout. Okay. Then we did one with Dirt Bike, um, Dirt Rider. Um, coming up will be Motocross Action. And then today we're doing kefir testing. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we got a busy time. So there's a lot of people who do shootouts. So my main main goal this time of year is to kind of get bikes broken in, get them ready, come out to the track, set them up in stock trim, let the riders ride them, and then see see what changes they want. So my, my main job is to, to get people comfortable on the bike. They got any suspension issues, show them how the mapping works. So just so to you get got to get familiar with the product, obviously, before you start doing these, right? I mean, they're going to have a bunch of questions and you need to ride and you're a rider yourself so yeah so luckily enough um to, to how we do get familiar with the bikes i do have one myself right every weekend race rem so we get to break in every bike before we bring it out we try to put an hour on the bike so we get to, to break them in test them see how the new equipment works unfortunately this year i missed out on the whole break-in season yeah. so nate and tom had the fun job of breaking them in well i'm back in the shop i dislocated my elbow racing at mammoth so i got back on the on the bike on sunday so hopefully before 250 shootouts i'll have some fun and put go. some put some hours Let on let me them. tell you a little something about something about this guy right here his 250f you guys talk crap about me about being a big bore uh, this guy has legit 
cc size but it's the fastest 250f in the world this is what i this is not even coming from him this is what the rumor is i hear about these these bikes that or the bike that you have is super fast well luckily enough so uh, our our shop is in murrieta so at our shop um all the parts and like bikes, everything is done from Ohio. So at our at our shop is our media department. So we prepare prepare all the bikes. Also is the off road race team. There's the motocross, supercross team, the Red Bull team, and then there's factory service, which is an incredible department. Yes. So Dudley is the the head head honcho over there. So Dudley sometimes has some some things that he wants to put some hours on. There you go. And luckily enough, I get to keep him for most of the year, and I have that's, a really bitching dirt bike. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys see the TLD bikes out there in. Internally, you don't know what's in there, but maybe uh, Dave could have some of those parts in there. Uh, no comment on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Such a manufacturer guy. He's the corporate guy up here. So anyway, hey, we want to thank you for coming out. We, we uh, thank you for supporting us and you and Tom and KTM. And obviously, KTM's doing very well in shootouts lately. The bike's solid, has a great motor, um, the best air fork out there. You know, everybody wants to go back to spring fork, but... That AER fork is really good. And uh, on your bike, are you running air forks? Are you? Uh... Yes, I have air forks um, on my bike. I really love them. Works great. Um, ha- happy like every time I ride it. It's it's so easy to set up. Like you just got like one one filler, so it does like your spring pressure. So you're pretty much just checking to see what you like, and then when you get your happy PSI, then you do clickers if the track is rough, or you know like if you're bottom and out somewhere, you just do complete um, compression clickers. Yeah, I think that's where people get misunderstood. Is they start messing with air too much right yeah like so you're out to the track like on a regular regular bike with spring forks you're not changing springs in between motos yeah. so just get your balance right on your bike and then you're going to go work on clickers there you go. really easy so it's only one chamber to fill and i hear and you probably can't tell me but i hear december-ish time we'll be seeing some new ktms and huskies some factory editions december 4th we're going to invite you out we're going to do the team launch and then the factory edition launch so there's some some good stuff to come and the race team will be on the new bikes correct next year yes okay there you go folks so december new factory editions and uh hopefully husky will come out with their rockstar edition and that'll be uh dude husqvarna and ktm have taken um all these bikes to the next level it's forcing the japanese manufacturers to up their game especially with these uh fe's you know um back in the day um japan wasn't even thinking about doing fe's and i've heard that now it's at least a thought so and that's due to KTM's efforts out there putting all this good product out there. Having two new models a year keeps us especially busy in the shop. We we, we blink, we, we do like the introduces of the new model and then boom, factory edition's out. So right. we're, we're a busy department, like we have a lot of models, 350 included, so we're, we're always busy doing doing magazine tests. sports and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do, we do all our model lines, so I'm always out of the track, so if you guys ever see me out here, come say hello. If you need some help with setup, no problem come by and, and say hello there you go orange black ktm van dave you can't miss him fastest 250f on the planet yeah shame about the rider i wish i was quite as good as my equipment but <laughs> get, he rides pretty good guys vet nationals coming up so he's getting ready yeah first day back was sunday so that's it start charging glenn helen every week hey real quick before we get off here you haven't ridden how long before you I mean before you started with two months yeah three months off the bike was three months yeah. off the bike so all of you out there listening you know what you act like, okay? You're at home with your wife. You're not a happy guy. You're you're miserable. You want to get back on your dirt bike. So give us the first thought feeling when you got back on your dirt bike that first day. 
arm pump, totally forgot. I had it, but I totally forgot the smile was so big in my helmet. Yes. I was having a great time, and my wife, my wife, I'm sure, is a lot happier now that I'm happy again because I was a grouchy guy going around no writing. We all know we love to moto, and it's it's like a weekly thing. I, I spend a lot of time in the track. I help help you guys when you're tested, and then boom, I'm back out there Saturday or Sunday That's getting right. my fix. That's right. That's why I like Dave so much, man. He's an enthusiast, and he... He, uh, he's out there on the weekend grinding it out, putting in laps in, and then wakes up Monday morning and goes to work. So uh, thanks, yeah. Dave, for doing this. Yeah, thank you, Kiefer, for inviting us out. It's, it's great to support you your first year of doing shootouts and look forward to doing the 250F and, and listening and seeing all the results over the next two days. It's been a pleasure coming out. Thanks, man. All right, this is probably our last manufacturer rep interview of the day. Um, most of you guys might know him, Andy Jefferson. Husqvarna marketing, two-wheel marketing manager? Media. Media relations manager. Media relations manager. He's correcting me here. So, um, Andy raced Supercross many years for Husqvarna? Uh, for Husqvarna. There yes. you go. Mm -hmm. Bro shows, what you call, back in the day? That was Back, the, back in the day, yeah. First sure. African-American to make a main event? For sure. What year was that? 1982. 1982? Mm-hmm. Um... And did you do the whole super? Was it a Supercross series back then, or what was it? Yeah, it was a Supercross series. No, and I didn't do the. We only at the time, and this is a weird one. Um, I rode for Pro Circuit uh, in 1981. I think I started for them. 8081. And that was, was Mitch down was at Mitch, Palma back then. Uh, yeah, he had his uh, just Anaheim Husky. Okay, that's what. It was. And then he called it. Then it was Pro Circuit. So I rode for him, and then at the end of the year. Uh, it used to be that San Diego Supercross was the last Supercross at the end of the year in like October. Okay. So my contract was up with him after October. Right. So when it came to San Diego Supercross, I I didn't have any bikes. He didn't know what he was going to do. I went back to an old shop friend of mine that had Suzuki's, mm -hmm. and he gave me a Suzuki to ride at San Diego. That was stock. So I got the bike on Wednesday. I rode it in the desert on Thursday. I raced it on Saturday night with the everything <laughs> stone stock with the exception of a muffler. And then you made the main? And I made the main. So back then, how was the format? I mean, for people that don't know, like, how did it work out to qualify? What it was, was, you had qualifiers. There were, well, there were you qualifiers. Raced, right? There was qualifiers to get into the night show, just like they have today. Okay. And then you had a qualifier, and only the top five guys went straight to the main. Everyone else went to a semi. Then the semi, so many guys went to the main. And then they had a last chance. But I made it right out of the first qualifier. And after that, how many years did you race? I mean, uh, then, well, I raced for Pro Circuit. Then I went back to Pro Circuit. Oh, you did? In 1983. Did you go back or did Mitch want you back? Well, he called me back. Okay. And both. It was mutual. And partly the reason, you know, it's it's tough to make it. You don't have a lot of money. I mean, I had, at the time, I had two Suzukis that the, that shop had given me, but I paid for everything else. So right. it's hard to stare in the face when someone's giving you parts and bikes and entries and taking you to the races. It's hard to stare that in the face and go... Yeah, I'm going to stay where I'm at with the Suzuki's. So I went back to Pro Circuit. Um, and at the time, we, we I mean, Mitch did everything in the world. Our bikes were as good as they could be. They weren't as good as the Japanese bikes. I mean, you could ask him today, he would tell you that they weren't as good. But they were pretty good. And we raced mostly locally, so it, they were okay. Mm. And so I raced for him uh, in 83 and 84, and then 
I had uh, a bunch of knee surgeries. I've had five knee surgeries by that time. Oh wow! And I had all ACLs or no? I had a broken kneecap. Oh. Um, I had some huge issues. I had a big crash when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so it stopped me from racing. The doctor finally said, you've got to quit racing for real. Because I was... Um, so how, so professional career from what to what? What was your... Probably 81 till 84. And Not very long. And then did you decide, hey, I want to go get a job in the industry? Or did you get out of the industry? So I got out of the industry. I had... Um, I had to get a real job, so right. I had a friend of mine that owned a company. I went to work for them, um, and it was an office product company, and I worked there for 27 years. Oh, really? And then you, and correct me if I'm wrong, did you work for a bicycle manufacturer? Did you know someone for a bicycle? No, I know. Oh, I have okay. some friends. That yeah, for some reason, always connected you to Trek or something. No, like that. that's friends of mine. Okay. So you were out of the industry for 27 years. Yes. What made, and then you went straight from, from that to Husqvarna? Then I, well, yes. Then I, um, I still had ridden, you know, I would yeah. ride and race and do off-road and still race from time to time, just playing around after. I stayed off a bike for 10 years after I quit. Mm-hmm. Didn't ride a bike for 10 years, then I raced a couple of races here now, and there. What's the reason why you quit and didn't want to ride a dirt bike after that? Just burn out? No, no, because of my knee. Oh, okay. 100% because of my knee. And then I started riding bicycles a lot. Uh, and then I got my legs strong enough to where I could ride again without, you know, the issues. What would happen my, when I would when I would ride, my knee would swell up as big as a basketball. Oh, uh, wow. And so I was taking cortisone shots. Yep. And so I got to the point where the doctor said, you've got to quit taking cortisone shots. Yep. And so that's when I quit riding got and it. I started riding bicycles. And then after 10 years... Mike Guerra, who used to be my mechanic at Yamaha, called me, and or I mean at Husqvarna at the time. Now he's at Yamaha. Right. But he called me out of the blue one day and says, hey, do you want to do this? There was some vet race at Paris. And uh, I said, yeah, I'll do it. So he gave me a Yamaha 250. I haven't ridden in forever. Same thing. I yeah. went out to the desert road one day, yeah. went to the Paris race and got my ass handed to me. <laughs> so it wasn't as good no. as the Supercross one. No. <laughs> so... Uh, and then I started riding again after You that. got the itch after yeah, that. Yeah, I got the itch. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then, you know, just probably seven, six, seven years ago, a friend of mine that worked at Husqvarna called me and says, hey, we're, they're relaunching Husqvarna. And he really worked at BMW. But he said, they're relaunching Husqvarna. Uh, maybe you should come interview. So, I went to an interview. Yeah. Um, originally, I thought there was no way I could get a job because I didn't have, I don't have a college education. Mm-hmm. So, went to the interview. They really liked my, you know, my experience that I had in the yeah. industry, that right. I was with Husqvarna, so I got a job. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes in our industry, um, the experience and rapport within our industry is worth more than a, than a bachelor's or whatever, correct? By, by far. Right. By far, it's it's all the people you know because this industry is small and we're very tight-knit. We all know about everyone right. so if you get decent recommendations or people are going hey that guy's a good guy it really helps you get move forward right. you know and and in our industry you know you have so many people that are out there you know that uh, let me say that don't do a good job if someone's recommending you that you do do a good job then that's you know y- you can make your own way in this right. industry um you weren't always the marketing guy at Husqvarna right Were no you- originally I started there I was um, with the, and I'm going to say the BMW Husqvarna, mm-hmm. I was 
uh, after sales. So I did all the parts, all the accessories. And so I started out from scratch basically to develop parts and clothing and that kind of stuff. Right. So I did that for the first two years I was there. Um, and then moved parts departments around a couple of times. And then when Husqvarna was bought by KTM, when I got to KTM, I, my role as a parts guy still and accessories, I moved all the parts from the BMW warehouse to the KTM warehouse. Oh, wow. Once that was done, then I became the race team manager for off-road racing. How many, how many years were you off-road manager? A uh, year, year, two years. Who, who, what riders did you work for back then? Um, and on our team then was Russell Bobbitt, Andrew DeLong, Jacob Argybright, uh, were those three guys. So looking back on it now and in the position that you're in now, did you would you rather be a race team manager or do you like the position that you're in now? I absolutely love the position I'm in now. Yeah. I mean, it's the, I have the best job. I tell people every day I have the best job in the world. Um, race team manager was fun. I love going to the races. I love being at it. But uh, the year I was a race team manager, I was also working as a parts guy too. So I traveled about 43 weekends out oh, of the yeah, year. So, that burn out. so in a year I was burnt and so probably didn't get to ride that much either, right? Didn't get to do anything. Right. I mean you're always on a plane or always That's what people think, you know, people listening to this um, that are outside the industry, they're like, oh these guys get to ride all the time. Well how it works most of the time, people, is you get into the industry and then you start working your ass off and you end up not riding. Right. So your job now you get to kind of be around it you're out here i mean you can ride with us you can kind of test the product a little bit before it releases to us right and uh probably that's more enjoyment for you right completely today is my like i said my job is amazing because i i get to ride the new bikes um you know they, they i work with r&d on our new equipment so i ride the new stuff before you know it's ever seen um, I have input on it, so which is even cooler. But then I'm able to go out with with media guys, right. like Chris and, and you know this Kiefer Ink testing that we're out doing today, and ride and hang out with them and and just be around them. And I and I'm at a track usually one to two days a week, so I'm not sitting in the office. Right. And if I'm at a track, I can ride. So yeah. I get to ride, and you know uh, it's it's amazing. All of us motorcycle guys are pretty much wired the same way. Even though when you kind of get out of the industry, you still almost you want a job outside because we're outside all the time being riders and uh, being stuck in that cubicle every single day is not fun. So uh, I can relate to that. I was sucked into some of that in my career. Um, but now you're out here. You get like you said, you get to test the product. How much now when you're here? Do you get to go each day say, hey, you know, if you're not with me, you're with, with Motocross Action or Dirt Rider, do you get to go out and ride with them as well? Or do you get to, you know, interact more that way on the track? Or is it more that you have to stay in the pits? No, completely. For me, you know, I have um, a guy that works with me, Anthony, that kind of is, he's at back of the truck, but I'm able to ride. And so, you know, I'm able to kind of, you know, go around and do what I need to do. And especially, you know, just like I said, in this industry, you want to, when you're here at the track, you want to kind of walk around and talk to different people and, and other manufacturers. And there's always people testing and you're looking at other bikes and, you know, you're kind of being an ambassador of our brand. So you're kind of doing a little bit of everything when you're at the track, but no, I get to ride. And I, I mean, I can ride probably, I, I can ride more than I do. Right. I just don't, I ride a couple times a week, maybe, and that's about it. And the good thing about Andy guys out there, people listening, he's a high desert rat. 
So we have this bond that I think can't be broken. Completely. Yeah. He's looking at me completely right now. So I'm no, I'm a high desert yeah. guy forever. Yeah. And you've been, how long have you been in the high desert? For 52 years. Oh, so your your roots run deeper than mine. Yeah. Oh shit. So yeah. So he is a high desert guy. So right before we get off here, real quick, big news in December. Big news. I don't know about big news, but we have some new products coming, and then more than that, we have some other products that are. Uh, that probably have been more released than the stuff we're announcing in December. Okay. But the stuff that's coming in, um, it, it'll be more like March, April is our new street bike line okay. that will be uh, available. So that's a, a new thing, a big new thing for us. Will we see more Husqvarna KTM separation in, in motorcycles or are those kind of will be, um, you know, not mimic, but will they be similar? For, for a while. Yeah, I don't that I don't see that changing a bunch you know, because of tooling and cost and all that stuff to make your own bike. Mm-hmm. But we'll have different, as you'll see when we release our street bikes, our street bikes are nothing like, uh, you know, our sister company KTM's bikes. Right. We have a different, completely different line in the street. So I think more, our bikes will be more down that road. We'll have different kinds of bikes. But the, the stuff that our bread and butter, our motocross, yes. off-road line, will be, you know, they have the same kinds of things they have today. We have different swing arms and different, you know, air boxes, and there'll be subtle changes, but nothing huge. Right. And then just to go off of that, too, like I, I've ridden both KTM and the Husqvarna, and people always say they're exact same. Well, they're not. Um, a lot of these guys, you listen to these podcasts, a lot of these guys like the Husqvarna better for certain reasons, so... Um, they get sometimes they get separated in shootouts and so forth, but they're definitely not the same bike out in the track. So, uh, um, thanks for doing this for me. No problem. And uh, hi, Des. Hi, Des, all the way, baby. All right, thanks, Andy. Okay, we're done with the manufacturer um, interviews. We're back on the rider program. We have vet intermediate guy for the day, Kyle Moose. He works at VP, and he is I forgot the title, so you tell me. Regional fuel manager. Regional fuel manager. So all this VPT4E talk that I've been talking about in my podcasts, this is the guy that I get him through. Um, and, and it's funny because I'm not going to lie. Like when I first, the, the, the VP stuff, we I thought I had some problems with it. It wasn't even on my end. It was something else. So I was like, holy crap. And then uh, you start using the fuel, and uh, it's been one of the go-to um, fuels that I've been using for my test bike. So in this test, in this shootout, we did not use it. We used just straight 91 pump fuel. Um, but I'm having some projects coming up with the VP uh, T4E uh, very soon. So anyway, back to the shootout. Kyle, thanks for coming. Thank you. Um, Kyle's been stuck in the office lately, but you're an avid rider, right? I am. I am. Yes, sir. So what's, what's your background real quick before we get started? Background in, in moto. I did uh, race to moto in, when I was 16, 17, um, and then actually ended up getting sick with cancer uh, when I was 18 and then stopped till about 21 and then started getting back into moto um, and actually kind of transferred over to motocross gps here at Clinton hill and they have the sra series which kind of suited me coming back into it uh, a little bit more longer duration motos and i like that kind of stuff right so you're more of a gp moto guy yeah? yes sir yeah but he, you know, you ride the trails too. I do, I do. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. So you rode at Glen Helen today, like we said in the earlier uh, uh, interviews here. Track was good, tacky. We're still here. It's after three o'clock. Um, tracks roughened up, hardened up a little bit. 
Um, hills are, you can see the bumps from here. So um, Kyle spent most of his day on the REM track, which is hilly, tighter, uh, more on and off throttle, um, less flowy than the main track here at Glen Helen. So you ranked the Suzuki sixth. So yes. tell me uh, some dislikes and some likes that you like, or dislikes and likes about the Suzuki. Suzuki was, uh, the, you know, the problem is, is all these bikes are really good now. You know, it's so hard to throw throw a bad patch on these things. But uh, Suzuki, uh, in the in its design, is a little bit more. I call it the more Kmart brand. You know, they threw it together. There probably could have been some some changes that still could have taken place. Um, throttle response is really good, but a little bit sloppy on the actual throttle itself. Um, some of the actual uh, shifting mechanism, it's a little tight with the feet um, where, you know, I have big feet. I'm 12, I'm size 12. So yeah, how tall are you? Uh, I'm about almost six, four. Okay. Uh, so he's tall. And yeah. How much you weigh again? Uh, about 185 geared up. 185, six, four vet intermediate. Yes, sir. And Suzuki was good. Um, lots of feel, a lot of language that's coming up through the chassis and the bike and it's speaking to you the whole time. So it's coming, I'm a two stroke guy. So I, I that speaks well to me because I always kind of want to feel what's going on that's a, a big pro to the to the Suzuki no doubt um, like I said going back to some of the some of the cons side of it would be um, if they if it took a little bit more time in some of the design I think that they would get a really solid bike um, in comparative to the rest of the class uh, and then obviously the uh, the K the KTM and Husky coming into the to the Jap world yeah can we say Jap? Yeah, is that, is that okay? Japan? Japanese. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what do you think about the the spring fork and the new uh, BFRC shock? It's really good. Actually, the bike seems so much more balanced than, than before. Um, that's something that's rare. You know, typically there's, there's a pretty good amount of uh, tuning, you know, to get the bike kind of rolling where you want. But that bike seemed very balanced from the get-go. I was happy about that. Engine feel to you? Engine is typical Suzuki. Got lots of power. Um, it, it rolls from low, mid-range. You know, they're not the highest revving. Um, they don't have the highest peak revving. Um, but uh, there's nothing to knock about the engine. The engine's solid this year. Um, ranking fifth, you got the KTM, I see. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised about that. I thought KTM would, in my book, be a little bit uh, higher in the ranks. But uh, there was there was some things for me personally that started to weigh as more of a con to me. Um, being that it's supposed to be very similar to Husky, it didn't suit being taller on the bike. The The chassis was a little bit harder for me to grab on. Um, I really have to go pigeon toe uh, in to really kind of grab it with my knees uh, in comparison to the other bikes. That was a little bit different. Maybe thin in the midsection a little bit. Correct, correct. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, we got the phone going. Let's um, mute that son of a bitch yeah, before we yeah, go do this. This is supposed to be <laughs> real deal. It's very uh, unprofessional. So, Steel frame, what do you feel like chassis feel over there? Because REM track, it's not as disc deep. It's harder packed. Right, right. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing, <clears throat> being that it is not a uh, higher paced, you know, high, high pace and speed, you can feel kind of what the chassis is doing. It is rigid. Um, the bike is being a steel frame. You would think it would be a little softer on some things. It is slight, slightly rigid, but the rigidness, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, it actually is 
makes the bike feel very solid uh, in its design and, and obviously and we all know that KTM Husky have the big price tag so it makes it more uh, I think a little bit more user friendly to the to the person that actually bought the bike it makes it feel a lot more solid um Air Fork what do you think about it Air Fork's a lot better this year um I have a lot of uh a little bit more background on the 2014, which they had, I believe, a lot more issues with those 1415s. Um, but this year, I, I believe it's it's they're they're in a they're in the direction, no doubt. Yeah, because uh, they come from a 4CS fork, which is a spring fork, and they got to this the AER fork, and and to me, it just seems like it's more spring fork ish. You know. Absolutely. And, and tunable now. You know, it's, that's a big deal with us dummies. You know, we don't need, I don't require a degree to do some, some suspension tuning. And this thing now, being that it is it's a single uh, chamber, a single chamber, to, yeah, absolutely. The, the tack fork is three chambers, which kind of gets to be a pain in the ass. It does. It does. And, and, you know, somebody like myself that, you know, may put in a half an hour moto, uh, you, I may not feel a difference in pressure, but you get, you get a fast guy on there like yourself. You know, you're going to have some some problems. How do you feel about the KTM engine? Oh, it's the power. Where do you want it delivered? If you want it from bottom all the way to top, it over revs. Like for a four stroke, it's it's incredible. It's over rev, no doubt. Yeah. Um, Yamaha, all new bike for the Yamaha, ranked fourth. Yamaha. Um, so give me a couple standout qualities that you like about the Yamaha. You know, right out of the gate, it's very user friendly for a taller rider. You know, the the chassis you feel like you can get tons of grip from uh anybody really can jump on this bike and 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 have a great time with it uh it goes out on the trails really well i'm a little biased because i did play around with something on the trails um before yeah and it i i'm i really like the bike and it's very user-friendly especially getting say for instance an older vet guy out there on it um bike is very manageable um chassis is like i said how do you they, feel about cornering on that thing cornering you know how so far you're, do you, if you're familiar with last year's yamaha yep, right yes um yes. cornering capability better you can drag bars i mean how how, how far over do you want to lean this bike over you know yeah, it's funny because a lot of people think that this or they say that this chassis and even though i can probably say it's not designed this way but they think it's suitable for taller guys like yourself six yeah four. it's weird it's yeah. it's definitely it's got a, a it got a feel to the bike you know um when you sit down on top of the tank um and get the bike to dive you know tip, typical uh style yz it does that you know you falls can, in falls in so nice and then the traction you know it goes straight from rear end and it, it tracks i mean you don't have tire spin it stays you want it in the rut it stays in the rut yeah i guess we can kind of relate that to the engine how linear that engine is and it pulls to me when I ride and when I ride it it pulls very far yeah um better than last year's model where it's kind of shorter but this year it feels like it pulls farther um do you feel like where do you feel the Yamaha hurts you to rank it fourth what didn't you like about the Yamaha you know when I when I go for you know when I hit when I hit the throttle and I'm I'm grabbing a handful of it I want power now Um, Yamaha delivers the power so smoothly some instances and some obstacles you can find yourself wanting to actually clutch it because power delivery is going to be soft enough that may not give you what you want Uh, and that would be you know the biggest knock to it but again and that just yeah, that's 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 delivery, right? Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of power there. It's just how you want it exactly, made. and that's what's cool is that you can tune it with the power tuner, which which I have done to this Yamaha over the course of these two days. I've 
went from stock mapping. Um, Travis Preston gave me a map that we went to today before we started that had more roll-on throttle. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's the beauty of it. You know, Kyle here maybe wants some more, and you can add that. I, I, I would, for myself in particular, yes. Um, but low-end chugging, you know, the typical. Yeah, oh, my gosh. It is, that was very impressive to know it, it this year that they've corrected and got so much more on the over-rev for it still to go low and chug uh, at a low RPM range. And, and say, for instance, you know, you do make a mistake. You think it's a, a second gear, a third gear turn, and you're in second. You can roll it out in third. And don't don't really worry about you know stalling the bike out. Right. Um, third, you have the Cowie. Yeah, I, that to me was the more impressive. I'm not never have been, been a. Have you, have you, was the last time you rode a Kawasaki? 2011 or 12. Okay, so, it's so been a while. big big difference, but for sure never have been a green guy. Um, never just maybe more biased, but. Uh, this year, I was very impressed. The engine is—it's—it's a, it's a jump on the bike and go, you know. And that means you can—it's just it's very similar to the Yamaha. You can get your wife, you can get your your dad, you can get yourself out there. You can go trail ride with it or go moto. Um, it's not going to have this pizzazz, these these very specific things that will grab your attention. Excitement, yeah. yeah, but overall, the bike suspension, power delivery, um, how it feels—it's—it's—it's it's, it's definitely a good. A good bike um cornering capability on it cornering i was very impressed that was one actually my first bike so i was very fresh but uh but cold at the same time right. so um took me a, a few laps actually probably ran the more amount of laps on that bike uh got very comfortable with the turning for sure where i the bike likes to dive into turns, but the rear end likes to track so low. The front end kind kind of rides high, and it come it wants to come out. Um, so sometimes you just change your your riding positioning, get get a little bit more on that. On that tank that's kind bit. of a, more of an air fork feel that we were talking about with the TAC fork. I mean, uh, you try to adjust it. Um, and to make it ride a little bit lower to get more front end traction. Yep. Um, and then if you you try to, you know, on the other spectrum of that, you want to raise the fork up a little bit to hit some of the bigger jumps. You lose some of that front end traction. So it's kind of tough. But uh, overall, everyone that I've spoke with today um, said that frame absorption, the chassis feel is one of the best here at Glen Helen for straight line stability. I agree. I was very impressed with the chassis. The chassis itself, suspension is very tunable this year. Again, it's another user-friendly tunable suspension uh, from what the guys were just showing me. Um, but the chassis is the most impressive this year, no doubt. Um, Husky, second. So what's what's crazy here is you have Husky second and KTM fifth, um, which to me is unique, right? Because on paper, we've been talking about this the whole shootout. On paper, there's only a couple differences, um, but obviously you felt the Husky was better for ranking it second. So what's the difference, and why do you, let's just put it this way, why do you like the Husky more than the KTM? Husky was solid and less rigid feeling. Okay. So the design itself felt very solid, felt like the boys put a lot of time and energy into the design of it and, and the manufacturing of it, and which is nice because we all know the price point is not the most friendly. But Husky, to me, uh, it was a it was more manageable in its power, even though it's almost identical, but the chassis suspension feel um, 
KTM hit a little bit more harsh right out of the gate when you first enter. Yeah, first first entering in on an obstacle, you you tend to feel a little bit of a hit, and as it rolls through the as it rolls through the stroke, it actually softens up. Uh, Husky seemed to so correct like, let that. Me clar- let, me, let me clarify that. So, what he's saying is, bottom end, you're rolling. It has some, KTM has a harder hitting, and it's kind of seamless going through the mid, the top. Absolutely. And then the Husky is maybe not as hard hitting correct right right and and going into the the suspension side that's the other side of it is you enter uh with the ktm you have your first initial hit of whatever the obstacle is typical glen helen we have braking bumps so that's the biggest thing for us uh you you'll get into the first you know three or four braking bumps and the first initial hit is hard but then it rolls through the stroke on the forks and is it's softer yeah um husky kind of seemed soft the whole way and seemed more balanced the bike actually seemed balanced but again you know that's that's really a more of a tunable thing um so i think too and you probably i don't know if you know this or not so basically subframe is different on the husky i've heard about that swing arm is a little bit different um and also the softer hit that we talked about earlier muffler inside is a little bit more um muffled you want to say that word corked up so you get more of a a smoother roll on so man more manageable power guys that maybe like yourself you haven't you know, you're at the you're at the office all day yeah, or whatever. You don't right. get to ride that much. Correct. It might be easier to ride. It is. It is. And the the great thing that I can give the biggest amount of kudos for Husky and KTM this year is is the maps. Um, that was to me the most impressive. Where the bike may lack, you hit map. That's on map one, stock map. You go to race map, map two, and the bike comes alive in every aspect. You 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 would you know you thought you needed it. So um, that to me, the the technology to me is second to none. State it's of the kinda, art. It's cool too. It's on the fly. And Honda has that. They have three maps too. But correct. Um, uh, this is coming just for me. I feel more of a noticeable change in maps with KTM and Husky than I do with a Honda. Honda has three available, but I don't feel like one, two, and three are drastically different. Um, but to me, the one and two buttons on the KTM and Husky are are uh, drastically different. And you got traction control, right? Yeah, yeah. That was <clears throat> I've never dealt with traction control before. This today was my first day. Um, different. Um, typical two-stroke rider, I, I, I rely off a t- wheel spin, but getting that traction control and, and actually managing the bike through the complete turn, you know, obviously for us, we always look for the exit of the turn. Um, this bike is fast, entry, apex, and exit, no yeah. doubt. Um, Honda winning today. God. So Honda was our day one winner at Sunrise. Um, let's Before you get to the great parts of Honda, is there anything that you didn't like about the Honda? You know, it is, it, you know, with Honda, it, it's always been, the rumor was you, you got to spend money on it to, to make it as good as the rest of the bikes. Um, there may be a couple things here and there. Typical Honda, the clutch pool. I'm, I'm a clutch guy, come from the clutch world, you know, and and the, the clutch changes, you know, when the bike's cold to when the bike's hot. Yeah. Um, long duration motos, you don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's been known. The clutch is not the best in that thing. It, it uses a jetter spring and it fades. And, right. And if we listen to the, some of these podcasts that I do, that, you know, I stick a Henson in that thing right away just for the simple fact of lifespan no doubt henson's got the answer for that issue for honda i mean 
you you got the R and D what they've done is is it's insane. So stock right out of the gate, you know that would be the clutch. The clutch would be something that I I'm a little bit more finicky about being a guy that does clutch. But um, what so what do you like about this? Obviously, it won. So let's first thing the one standout that you like about this bike that made it win for you today. It literally felt like the Honda from. 05 on a two-stroke to now. I mean, it's got that similar feeling. Hondas never changed. They always feel like a Honda. And, and I know that sounds weird, but being a red guy, being a Honda guy most of my life, you jumped on the bike and you immediately were at home. And, and that, to me, was... That so it hasn't was, lost that feel with the changes that they've no, made. No, absolutely not. And I'm not a big uh, dual pipe fan, and you don't even, I can't even tell a difference between a single pipe and a dual pipe on that thing. How's the engine character on that? Uh, completely manageable. Um, you know, the, the rumor has they're not a high on power this year, but the, because the way they push the power and where it is delivered now, um, but man, it seems like it is a lot faster this year. Spring fork on the sucker now. Air fork's gone. Thank Christ. Thank God. Um, fork manageable. Fork's okay. Oh, it's a way. Because I'm looking over here at the at the track, and it's not terribly bumpy, but I mean, it, it's it's hard back. It's got some chatter in it. Right, right. And I would actually go out on a, you know a couple laps, go find something rough, and then go find go find the smooth line. And uh, that bike probably was the most impressive with being a tall guy you're obviously lanky over the top end so there's a lot of load on the front especially when you're coming off of you know an obstacle on a downhill and as you're compressing into an uphill um the the honda front end is just so solid so easy so so easy are you more of a front end guy or rear steering guy i i like the, i like the front end i like to transition I, i'm really heavy on the front and then uh -huh. i transition right back uh, being a lanky guy you can't sit on the on the the tank for too long unless you are a, a freak of nature like Travis. Yeah. So do you feel like uh, since you are like you guy, you get more pitch with, with the Honda? Do you feel like a little pitching with the Honda? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it brings out your style. You know, I don't have much of it and the bike get loose and you can throw some style and, you know, kind of oh, look okay for some pictures. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, there's Kyle here. He has a Honda, Husky, Cowie, Yamaha, KTM, Suzuki. Um, that's his ranking, and uh, we'll move on to the next guy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Okay, day two, Glenn Helen. I'm with Ty Davis. He's a returning tester. I think I've had um, two two or three returnings. Other ones, everyone else is new. And also, too, before we start with Ty, um, day three we'll have um, a couple more pro testers, a um, couple new novice guys, and one big guy. You guys have been asking me for bigger dudes, so I'm delivering. I had a 210 guy here today, but you want bigger than that, so I'm giving you what you want. I got a 250. Guy is 250 pounds, okay? And he's in. So, all you bigger guys out there li listening to this, calm down. We're getting to you. Day three, you'll be there. So, anyway, Ty Davis, we don't need to talk about the credentials here, but let's talk about height and weight. Um, I'm 5'10", and I'm actually 180 now. 180, all right. Going up. <laughs> 47 years old, 180. The the T levels are dropping. Metabolism is slowing down. <laughs> yep. But he's still riding, so that's what matters. So right off the bat, kind of want to talk about sixth place, which you picked the Suzuki. It seems to be that's where everything's, or the Suzuki's been ranking all day. Um, but if you can break down 
give me a one positive point on the Suzuki and then the one negative point on the Suzuki. All right, the Suzuki. I think the positive is it feels like a slalom ski. It, it likes to turn. It you know, it comes in the corners. It's really good. Um, you know the the shrouds are really smooth. You don't catch anything. You slide up. The thing just wants to turn. Um, the negative thing is um, you know the suspension is a little bit stiff for me. Um, it just kind of beat me up. Uh, it's kind of the two two biggest things and you know I don't like the bars the bars I just, for me just don't fit me uh-huh. they don't fit my style they're too wide and too low uh, I'm kind of a tall guy and, and uh, but the power today was really good the power was you know like at Racetown it seemed really slow with the big jumps and you were trying to get traction to jump these things and right. today it was very loamy and it seemed like the, the motor has more torque than, than like horsepower and so today in the mud, it just seemed to pull really good. So, so it chugs along. It chugs. It chugs really good. Yeah. It, the power wasn't as noticeable today as as the uh, uh, previous day. So and today, to, you know, to reiterate this too, obviously Glen Helen's a special day. It rained, and you guys know it doesn't rain shit here in Southern California. But I don't want to use the word East Coast because it's nothing like East Coast. <laughs> yeah. But as far as us West Coasters go, <laughs> this is East Coast for us. So it's deep, um, ruddy. And uh, loamy, but it hardens up for the day. But um, so, you, how's lugability on this thing? Is it can you lug this bike? Yeah, today I jumped all the jumps really easy, and and it, it, it pulled. Like I said, it, like I said it must have more torque than than the horsepower because it just seemed like it was just really good. Climbed the hill really good, and and uh, and then when I first went out there, I was having a hard problem. I want to get the apex of the corner. The thing wanted to stand up on me and stand up. So I came back, and the Suzuki mechanic readjusted the sag and lowered it more and slowed the rebound down, and it was a lot. better. Better. Okay. Um, I thought it was me. I'm ha- always have problems with ruts, but uh, right. he fixed it, and so it was a lot easier to the corner. So that was, you know, didn't want to raise up the middle of the corner. Um, it's funny because we t- we talked to Suzuki Techs today, and they dropped the rear end to 108. Um, usually, we started at 105, and they're they're going down to 108. Um, they feel like it be it's less. Um, pitchy that way for, for yeah. guys you know I don't get so much pitch but um, you were saying maybe the fork's too stiff now so maybe it was getting a little bit low in the rear yeah it was getting low and then the, the forks did get stiffer and he wanted to change it and soften it but really I was just you know I'm here just to kind of get yeah. an idea of the standard stuff so right. um, and you said the engine felt good coming out of corners and l- let me ask you this we we're talking about the engine transmission spacing we haven't touched on that much in this podcast um second to third gear transitions okay on Suzuki? You know, today I didn't really pay attention too much. It seemed like Racetown was really noticeable just because I don't jump anymore, so it was like critical, and the KTM was by far the best. Today, they all seemed pretty good, you know? All the Japanese bikes seem to be close, you know? It didn't seem that far. Like, the KTM is definitely a different breed, you know? KTM and Husky, but the other ones are fairly close. I didn't notice so, you know, so much. Okay, what you got for fifth? Let's see. We got fifth, and we're talking about overall ratings, right? Yeah. Overall, I have the YZ for fifth. Okay, so the Yamaha in fifth for Ty um, here at Glen Helen. So, give us your main sticking point. Um, what you would want to improve with the Yamaha? What I'd want to improve is the uh, the chassis, the the. I said ergos, I guess, that height position of the foot pegs. To me, I don't know why, but it seems like the foot pegs are high. So maybe rider triangle, so bar, yes. seat, peg ratio. Yeah, because when I'm sitting on it doing sag, it feels just like every other bike. But when I ride with it, I put my feet on the foot pegs, and all of a sudden the bike looks feels small, and I feel cramped in the corners. And so it's like, 
I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm on a horse. It's like you sit in a hole. Right. You know, all the other bikes, you transition from front to back are really nice. But this one just seemed like, a, I don't know if the seat's worn out or what, but just, I, I, you know, I'm long-legged and it's just... It was just a lot of work standing, sitting. But I, the Yamaha has really shrank the whole chassis down because it used to be real long feeling. Uh-huh. And now it, it corners good. I mean, it, it's very stable coming in the corners. It's like like from the Cowie. You know, the Cowie kind of want to wander a little bit coming in the corner. But the, the Yamaha is really stable. It lays over. It you know does that really well. But it's just like if they could fix that triangle a little bit better, I think it would be, it'd be a lot better. The suspension on the Yamaha is... You know, it's not like it's super, super great, but it's very solidly good. And you, for your weight, you know, is it, it, how's the fork out here landing on the jumps? And Fork was good. Fork was, I didn't really have, you know, like I said, it was, it was solidly good. It's, you know, there's nothing really, you can always pick it apart, but overall, it's, it didn't really but do anything horrible like some of the other bikes. The best I part about this bike? Um, I like the engine. Yeah. You know, you start it up, it sounds like a 250F. Yeah. But it runs, you know, it's just, it, it, the engine's great. I love the, the over-rev it does. It's it's fun. I like the sound of it. The, the One of the negative things that on the Yamaha I've noticed is, besides the foot peg position and that, is it has a lot of vibration hmm. and, and noise. All the other bikes are really quiet. And the Yamaha's got a lot of... Like, like engine noise or chassis noise, it's just a vibration. I mean, it's it's Is not the it, uh, suction from the air. Um, no, it just it just you feel you can feel it. Clunk, 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 clunk. You just feel like this. The, you hear this noise, and you feel the vibration more. Um, it just out of all the other bikes, I notice there's more vibration on the Yamaha. Going to pulling up the hills. How's it pull up the hills? Pulls up the hills, great. I guess it, it's not like it affects the running or anything. It just. You just vibrates a little bit more, and there's just more noise going on, you know. But that's uh, one thing I noticed because all the other bikes are super quiet. Fourth place, what you got? Uh, fourth place today. I haven't even looked at Ty's notes anyway. So uh, going off the Ty. The Husky. 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 Fourth okay. place. The Husky. That's, so that's, that's dropped a little bit from some sunrise from you. Yeah. Yeah, the Husky, um, you know, like I said, I've been riding Huskies for a yeah. long time. Right. And, uh, There's one bike you know, that's the one you know, right? Yeah, and, and the Husky, like I said, it feels similar to the KTM, but you know what's amazing is even though they're you know, basically the same bikes, they're not the same bikes. It, it feels completely different on the track. Um, so you know, the power is good on the Husky. It's not great, not like the KTM. Right, um, which is, everybody's been saying the same thing. Yeah, and... Um, it corners really good. Comes out of corners pretty good. Um, suspension. I said the forks are good. Um, the rear could be better. The rear could be better. Um, is it more of an unbalanced feel, or is it is it feel balanced? No, it just feels harsh. The rear just feels harsh when you hit square edge holes. And of course, Glen Helen's famous for the square edge holes. It just you know kind of beats you up a little bit more. Um, but it, you know, if I had to compare it to the KTM, the KTM for some reason the KTM accelerates hard out of corners. It just I mean, it, it's good, and the, and the Husky doesn't feel that way. And I, and I keep asking the techs, and they're like, "It's the same bike, but you know, they have a different swing arm." And I'm thinking, well, if it was me, I would go, I'd be looking at the KTM parts fish and putting the KTM yeah, swing exactly, arm on right, and stuff yeah. because you know, and there's a little bit of airbox differences, air stuff, you know. But the KTM and the and the Husky, the difference is that the Husky feels like a production bike, KTM feels like a works bike. You know, yeah. it just has that extra umph everywhere. A little everywhere. bit of racy feel. Exactly, KTM. exactly, and it's it's just funner to ride the KTM. So, basically, kind of went over the motor, but Husky motor, smooth power. Smooth power. Doesn't really do anything bad. You know, the forks are good. Um, Did you ever change air pressures today coming off of... No, I didn't. You guys stay in the stock range? Whatever they had set up. Yeah, 10.8 bars is stock, so... 
it's kind of what I've been doing when I've been testing these two. I don't go, I don't stray too far away from that. I might click here and there, but that that stock air pressure seems to be good. Yeah, yeah, and like I said the forks are good today. Like I said the only you know the, the rear was a little bit firm for me here and there, but all in all, it's a great you know it's a good bike. Do you like the seat on the Husky? The the texture. Yeah, I, I like that. It's a little grippy feel. Oh, man, that tears my ass up. <laughs> when I ride that some bitch for uh, more than a few hours, it ruins the butt. R really? Man. Those spikes, little spikes on that thing. Oh. Well, see, I, I can't go that long if I have to pull off. So I yeah. I'm not under that long. <laughs> what you got for the next position here? Third uh, place. I got the Cowie today. Oh, wow. So that's actually moved up, too. Yeah. I, I You know what? The Cowie was good today. And, and there's a lot of good things with the Cowie I noticed today. Um, I love the grips. The grips are just... Like, You're, you got it hard on for these I, grips. I, I know. I know. What is with these grips? I, I don't know why, but man, they just, they got some good traction. Like, they just feel good. It's got, grips. I know. I know. You think something so stupid, so simple, right? right? And you're, you're giving this thing third place because of grips? No, not because of grips, but it, it does make it nice to be able to hang on. Right. Um, and suspension was really good today. Suspension, chassis, whatever you want to call it, it was good. I mean, and today I rode them when the track was crap at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I rode the Cowie the first time out and it was all muddy and smooth. And then today I wanted to go re-ride at the end of the day. And the Cowie suspension is really good. It's plush. It doesn't do anything horrible. Um, it's good. Power is, you know, it's nothing great. It's right. it's 450 power. Um, what I did notice was because I rode the KTM and then I, kinda, I, I noticed that the Cowie feel, chassis kind of feels a little long. Um, Which probably why more people like it, Glen Helen here, because it's faster. You got right. downhills, you got downhills yeah, and stuff. Stable, so yep. And coming out of rutted corners, I felt like it was a, kind of similar to like a KTM feel. You know, it was a little bit long. KTM acts a little bit different, but it was almost like if they were trying to duplicate it or something. You know, it's like out of all the bikes, the Japanese bikes, the Cowie seems closer to the KTM Husky coming out of corners, you know, accelerating out of corners. It's, it's pretty good. It's funny you said because GL also mentioned that in his, his uh, interview that out of all the Japanese frames here today, the Kawasaki frame felt more um, KTM-ish as far as absorption and things than right. any other Japanese frame. So similar right. si similar feeling, I guess, for you too. Then. Yeah, yep. So yeah, I was it was I was pretty impressed. How, how did they, everything? Uh, how did the uh, the Kawasaki in the corners and the ruts? Okay. The, the one thing I didn't like about the Cowie is coming in the corner. The steering was really light feeling. It just darty all over the place. You know, it's kind of like it's it's not as planted as like the Yamaha is like really planted. Um, you know, being that I've tested with different offset triple clamps and stuff, I it's just it feels like the, the, you know, the Cowie is just way out there. It's just like Yamaha used to be. It just, you know, really light steering and, you know, coming into a rut and you're trying to keep the wheel in the rut and it's just very light. It's like almost too light. It's, it's hard to keep it in the rut where the Yamaha, you could like, you know, you could just let it go right into the rut and just follow it. I mean, you're a great mechanic. You've been around. Is that something uh, consumers can tighten the steering a little bit? Could that help that? No, I think that's just like has to do a trail and, and what the weight is on the front wheel and everything. And the front wheel in the Cowie is very light. And uh, it just, like I said, you'd have to, you know, triple clamps, maybe maybe bring it back and uh, it would make it more stable. Man, we could have a whole podcast about offsets <laughs> because yeah, that's confusing shit to me. Uh, yeah. It's all the rake, trail, offset, man, it, it, it's crazy. So second place, you have the Honda. Yes. And I think also that's been, went up too from from Sunrise. Yeah, yeah. And give me the reason. What's what's the good points here on the Honda at Glen Helen? Um, you know the it, overall the chassis is good. It, it's a smaller chassis than the KTM Husky and Cowie. Right. Um, 
but it's it's kind of it's good. It, it's good. You know, the the power was good today. The suspension to me was probably you know it just stiff. It, it's just too stiff for my liking. Right. Um, but uh, being, the Honda does everything pretty darn good. It gets in the rut good. You know. It just feels small. It it's, like, ba- it's balanced. It's yeah. not bad. You know, it was better today than it was at uh, Racetown for sure. So straight line ability on the Honda is decent for you, yeah, or no? Not not bad. Not bad. Um, uh, yeah, it didn't seem. You know, like I said, it seemed more balanced today. I don't know if they've changed something or whatever, but it seemed more balanced today. Um, you slide up really nice. You know, uh, that's where it's one thing that the KTM I didn't didn't like was the. Sh- Radiator shrouds stuck out, and knee braces always hit those things. Right. But the you know the Honda shrouds are really good. You slide up, cornering's good. Um, Did you use different maps today? I know I didn't use different maps. Yeah. I just had that on the fastest map, I guess. And map three. Yeah, and it's good. The bike is the bar height's good. The bend is good. Um, if you know, and this is kind of on the spot, are you? Can you roll third gears on that third gear? Is there one bike that you can roll third gear in the corner more than others? Because I'm a big third gear kind of guy. If I can get into corners with third gear and stay there, that's less work for me around the track. And if it pulls it, I'm happy. Are you Are you more so downshifting the second all the time? Um, no, nah, I usually clutch in second. I'm right in between second and third. It really, to me, it's how fast I can go through the corner if I'm going to be able to <laughs> yeah. pull a third gear or not. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to that. Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay up, you know. Guys are flying by me left and right. It know? was a busy day at the track. So. All right, KTM 1. Yeah, KTM That's 1. That's your pick for the day? Yep. And yep. the reasons why KTM 1 today? Um, because, you know, when I first went out, it was really muddy, and the KTM just goes to the mud like there's no tomorrow. Like, it's really? Like, yeah. It's That's like, kind of, I've never heard that. It was just, like, it went right through, like, especially the start straight, you know, it's all that deep. So uh, it feels light on top of it? It feels light on top. It goes right through it. Where all the Japanese bikes, I noticed, they slide in the mud, and the KTM just goes straight through it. Like, you just cut it like a knife. It, it was like, it was That's weird. That's very interesting. Yeah, I've never heard um, that. And it was real predictable. You can turn it anywhere you want, and, and... And the one thing with the KTM that really tops everybody is this: the first three seconds out of a corner, that KTM hooks up like no other, and it drives forward. It doesn't like hook up and wheelie. It drives forward. You have like three seconds of just rap, and then you yeah. Can... Compare that because you said that too. But before we started this this interview, you said as soon as you get out of the corner, some of the Japanese or most of the Japanese bikes wheelie instead yep. of drive. Yep. They like they they the Japanese bikes hook up and they want to wheelie. And the KTM, like, it doesn't want to, like, it's not as easy to wheelie. It just goes forward. It just, like, accelerates forward. Right, it's, so it bites and grabs. It bites, and, and I swear it's, like, a second faster in every corner. You just gas and right? You know, it's like the Jap bike, you know, wants to, you know, chassis wants to change, I guess. That was a two-stroke noise, though. Oh, sorry. We got to make it a four-stroke. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me make it four. Hold on. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, in, in the, you know, seriousness, like, coming out of a corner and you have to clutch it if you're wheeling out of a corner you have to clutch it and then let off the throttle and then go again so that like like ty said that's almost a second right there where the ktm you can roll your corner start your throttle you know opening it up and it drives out it drives forward and doesn't mess you up for your balance coordination coming on that right it just kind of goes you know and yeah. it's like and the ktm you can really slide around front to back even though it kind of feels kind of a long bike 
but you can you know you can slap on the front and turn you can stay in the back and turn it's kind of does a little bit of everything it's a good neutral position for yep. you to turn and it has that that wow factor where you can just wrap it you know it just goes wrap you know you can jump the jumps you know it just it makes you feel good feel yeah. like a hero you know um whereas that's where like the husky it's like it should feel the same because damn it's the same motor right. <laughs> but it doesn't it yeah. doesn't have that you know wow feel um, but they say on the dyno it's the same, but I kind of like the wow. Well, it makes me feel We don't want to talk about dynos because I don't want to get into that <laughs> shit right now because I've dealt with that most of my life of, well, the dyno says this, Chris. Well, I don't care who you are, Mr. Engineer. <laughs> it's bullshit because I'm on the track telling you what I feel. So the dyno is great for a tool to develop, but the real... You want you want the meat and potatoes of what you're trying to build. The rider is that. That's who can tell you yes or no it works. So, yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, you've been around long enough. Yep. Yeah. And now it's it's crazy how you feel this, and you know they can say all they want, but I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, it feels. You know, it's not like it's close. It's a big. It's off. It, right. It's off. But they're looking at the paper. They're like, it's the same. Right. We are same same. No good. But I would. I think if I were gonna make any changes to the KTM, I'd put the Kawasaki grips on it. Oh, here we go again. I know what I'm getting for Christmas, guys. I'm going to buy a whole shit ton of Cowie grips, but I'm sure Cowie never sells. You know, so uh, anybody out there listening to this, uh, send to Thai Shop, Zip Thai Racing, Kawasaki grips. That's what he wants. That's right. So KTM wins today at Glen Helen. Any other uh, tidbits you want to add? Nah, it's like so the KTM true. win all your categories. Let's go over your categories real quick. So chassis, you pick yeah. KTM. Yep. Um, engine KTM as well. Engine, yeah. Suspension, um, KTM. So basically, KTM won every yeah. everything. You know, and I and just to make it a good fair test, I rode that bike at the end of the day when the track is the crappiest, and I was tired. And I was like, you know what? I just want to make sure that I'm not thinking something or feeling something. You know how it is when you have a good moto and you have a bad moto, right? Right. And when it was all crappy, everyone already left. I went out there, and it was like, yeah, put a smile on my face. Still. After I'm tired, beat up, the track's crap, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, my Still decision. Still makes you want to go ride. Exactly. You have 10 grand. You're going to go buy a bike. That's what you're buying? That's what I'd buy, yeah. All right. That's yep. what I've been asking everybody. You have $10,000 because that's well, what you're going to spend. It's going to be a couple more a couple more thousand. More well, yeah. That. Well, I think they start at 10000 right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. You've got $11,000, and uh, you're going to go buy that KTM. Yeah, I'd buy that KTM, yeah. And would you put a desert tank on it and shit? Not if, only if I have to, but you know what? The IMS don't, tanks are good. They're, they're a lot better than no, they used don't, to be. Let's not start that again. We're not going there. We were talking about hints and clutches and shit. We're not going to talk about that. So, Ty, he wants Cowie grips and an orange bike. That's right. There you go. All right. Bringing up the rear once again, day two. It's our friendly vet. Uh, should we call you Husky or not? I mean, you're 205. Yeah, I'm, I'm 205. I used to say husky-ish. All right. Well, it, not husky the bike, just husky <laughs> framed. So Matt Suravog, he's, like I said, the average consumer guy, buys a bike every other year, 205 pounds, vet novice, and, uh, you know, straight up, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't go out and evaluate dirt bikes, but um, this is his second go-around, and he's going off a of feeling. And for those of you that know me, I'm a big feeling guy. I'm not a dyno dude. Um, I go off a of feeling on the track. I'm not a lap time guy. Give it up on the lap times, people, please. We're not going to do that. If you want lap times, go to Vital. I'm not Vital. We're going to go off a of feeling. And uh, we're going to go off the human dyno, which is um, your left foot, your right foot, and your right hand. 
And well, I guess you left hand the clutch too, right? Yeah. Human dino. Human four dino. limbs. All four. I should make a shirt that says that the human dino with four limbs. That'd Keep be good one. Testing. That'd be sweet, right? There you go. All right. So, last interview of the day. Oh my gosh, I'm watching a. I'm watching a man. <laughs> For those of you out there uh, listening, not gay or anything. I'm watching a man get undressed, but he's like has tons of back hair. It's gnarly. But he's riding a, a factory edition, so he's cool. All right, focus, Chris. Sixth place, Vog, Matt Suravog. KX450, which is shocking because now that I've gone through this whole day, Cowie's been doing good. Not winning, but doing pretty good. So you want to check your notes, just let me know why are you ranking it six. So what? give me a snippet. Give me a, a like and a dislike. Well, my like is... The uh, mid to top end power on this thing rips okay. on a lot of these longer straightaways and uphills over here at Glen Helen. How's it pull up the hills? Pretty good? It pulls awesome. I'm, I'm fighting to keep the front end down. Okay. But the bad part is it has a lot of low end torque. Okay. It's too snappy. Too snappy for me. Someone like you, faster guys mm-hmm. who can handle it, yep. good. I think if you just were to calm down the uh, the bottom end of this thing okay it probably would have come up a couple places on my list there you go so you can actually we'll do that and uh we've done that in this in the shootout maybe you didn't do that today but lean coupler was in today um we went down to sea level so sunrise was at three thousand feet um we're at sea level here we can go back to the standard coupler and then there's the rich coupler so you can adjust that um give me another dislike about this bike a little bit of the suspension, it wasn't as bad at Glen Helen as it was at Sunrise, but uh, I still got a little bit of that harsh feeling in my wrists. We're at in the fork. Uh, see, that's where I couldn't tell. I don't okay. know if I'm too heavy for the suspension and she's riding dirty, riding a little real low in the stroke, yep. or it was just a little too stiff. I'm thinking with my weight, it was just probably riding low in the stroke, and I was, that's where I was getting the harsh feeling. Okay. So basically just comfort factor for you yes. wasn't at the level that you wanted it to be. Yes. Um, rider triangle area, cockpit. I thought it was pretty comfy. Okay. You know, uh, the bar layout to the seat to the pegs was pretty good. It didn't really feel out of place or anything, you know, out of the ordinary for me. And you're 5'8"? Five 5'8 eight? Five eight on a good day. Okay. So tippy-toeing at 5'8". What about the grips? I, I, I want to ask you about these grips, and then I'm going to explain to you why I'm asking you about these grips, but... Do you like the Kawasaki grips? They weren't bad, but at the same time, that's not what I was focusing on. Yeah. I just kind of got on the bikes and rode and was trying to pay attention to everything else. They might have been a little hard on the on the hard side uh-huh. for my liking, right. but it wasn't a main focus for me while I'm out there focusing on ruts. Yeah. Um, Ty Davis has a hard-on for these grips. Like, if he was going to uh, market something, he's all about Kawasaki grips. He, he, <laughs> he ranked the KTM first. But if those Kawasaki grips were on the KTM, it would have been, it would have been gone. Yeah, so, would have been no brainer. No, so Kawasaki grips just okay for Matt, unfreaking believable for Ty. So, um, anything else on the Cowie that you like that you want to talk about? Um, it's it's a darn good bike, right? And it's just amazing how all these bikes, one little thing here and there, can move it around on anybody's list. Doesn't have electric start. And you know that's not a big thing for me. It is a convenience, yep. but. It's not something that I actually, okay, it's down a spot because it didn't have it. Right. I don't even really put that in the equation. So that's MXA. That's not us. Yeah, it's more MXA. Okay. Uh, fifth place, another shocker, 
thing's been winning and getting seconds all day is the KTM. You ranked it fifth. I did rank it fifth. Okay, so why is it down the list for you? To me, it's between that and the Husky, it was the same feel with the suspension. Okay. And the suspension had a harsh feeling, and we did go up four clicks on the compression, mm -hmm. which helped it out, mm -hmm. but it didn't help it as much as I felt it helped it on the Husky. Okay. And the power, to me, it wasn't aggressive. It's very deceivingly smooth. Yep. Because you feel slow. Right. But then next thing you know, you're like, shit, corner. Right. Like, you're you're hauling. Yep. But for me, I just, I didn't like it, you, you prefer, know? So you prefer, to get a feel for who you are, let the listeners know, you prefer more of an excitement feel versus a smoother feel? I do. I like that excitement. Maybe not down low. Right. But uh, after you get out of the corner and you get on the gas, you like to think like, hey, this thing's got some balls to it. So mid-range, you're a mid-range guy. Yeah. Mid to top. Yep. Yes. Um... Hydraulic clutch, brakes, all that? I love hydraulic clutches. Uh -huh. I actually bought it for my Hondas. Oh, really? I did when I had those. Mm -hmm. and What kind did you buy? It's the Magura. Magura. Okay. Uh -huh. Was it good? I liked it. Okay. It, it helped, and it's something I do like, but at the same time, do we want the price of the bikes to go up? Yeah. You know, that that's my whole thing. You know, I like it, but is it worth me having the price of the so bikes go up? So you don't mind up? a cable no. pull? No, not at all. Right. Um, you look at the top of my list, they're all cable pull. Yeah, right. Well, we're, we'll just don't jump the gun yet. Just... Don't go premature on me here, right? <laughs> I know you're used to that. Uh, it happens. Um, here at Glen Helen today, pretty good day, I guess. It rained. It's good. It's uh, tacky for Glen Helen for Southern California. It has some ruts for Southern California. Um, cornering capability of the KTM? It corners very well. It has a really light feeling, which okay. is nice. Mm -hmm. And Now, let, let's, let me put it this way. People bitch and complain about the light feeling because... Well, they know it's light because they read the weight. Can you feel the weight difference? If you didn't know any of these weights, because I'm sure you've seen the weights before, would you be able to tell? You can tell. Okay. It's not drastic. You know, when you read the weights on them and you see, oh, it's 20 whatever pounds lighter, it doesn't feel that much lighter, but it feels lighter. Then where do you feel that? Uh, mostly on the tip-in on the corner. When you're first coming in and pretty much the whole length of the corner... I can feel like wow, it it feels light, it feels agile. Uh -huh. You know, you know, with my bike, my personal bike, you can feel that heaviness. Right. And it's just crazy how all these bikes, even though they're different weights, they feel lighter than they are. Right. When cornering. Right. Um, Husky better than the KTM today. Did you rank the? I don't. I don't. I don't have your notes from Sunrise. Did you rank the Husky over the KTM at Sunrise? I did. Okay. Reasons being why you ranked it fourth ahead of the KTM today at Glen Helen. Um, one thing was the suspension felt the same first go around. Even though I did ride all these bikes, I did go out different tracks, so I kept them stock. Mm -hmm. Just set sag. Yeah. And went out and you know see if I had a different feeling, different sensation. And one thing I did feel is the same thing, a little harshness in the suspension, but yet it would bottom out. Early morning, it was muddy. I wasn't clearing quite a bit of the stuff, yeah. so it was it was definitely bottoming out. Well, the second go-around, we actually went up four clicks on the compression on the front fork. Stiffer. Stiffer. Uh -huh. And it made a huge difference. Okay. And what I thought was crazy was it made a better difference on the Husky than it did the KTM. Mm -hmm. The KTM, it made it better, but not as good as when noticeable. we did it with the Husky. Right. Yeah. And then that, I also tried uh, the traction control because it was muddy this morning yep. on map two. 
I didn't really care for it. I'm pretty good with throttle control. <laughs> yep. So uh, the Husky on map two, it was still smooth in the corners where I wasn't jerking throttle and kind of screwing myself up. But going up toward uh, Talladega, I mean, that thing was, it was ripping pretty good. Like, it's fast. Right. And it just doesn't, now engine, like you said, you don't like a lot of hit off the bottom. Yes. Um, so Husky fits you that fits you better that way. Yeah, and I felt that it was really good that way. And I did feel like in map two, it had a little more excitement, probably mid to top, than the KTM. Okay. So um, airbox, obviously, we've gone over this several times. But for those of you just joining in um, to this the day two, airbox and the Husky is different than the KTM. Muffler is different. Swing arm is a little different. So motor, actually the same. But just because of the of the muffler change, obviously that feels different on the track, and that kind of coincides with everyone's opinion here today so far is that um, Husky and the KTM feel different on on the track. So they do, and with the Husky, it actually is quieter. So you know, do you like a quiet bike or do you like a more of a louder type of bike? I like it a little louder. Okay, you is know, it more I'm... of a placebo thing? Like you feel like it's faster because it's louder. Uh, not too much because when they're too loud, it does get annoying. But yeah. I'm usually so focused on what I'm doing you that death grip. Oh, yes, death grip. <laughs> that's where I get the forearm pump from. That I don't notice how loud some bikes are, but that's one thing I did notice on the Husky both times. As soon as you get on it and you start giving her a handful, you're like, oh, she's pretty quiet. Yeah. Um, third place, best the Suzuki has done all day. Um, the RMZ 450. You ranked it third. Um, Due to the fact, the biggest fact would probably be the handling on that thing. Okay, give me what is the handling on that thing? Give me the, give me the synopsis of that. Your initial tip in is it's so easy. Okay. You know, someone who's not a great rider or doesn't have the best form, mm -hmm. you kind of you just barely lean in and you're like you're in the rut. Right. And it stays there pretty well. And couple that with the power of it, you know, it doesn't have a lot of grunt off the bottom. Yep. And uh, I thought that was going to hurt it here at Glen Helen, you know, with these long, big uphills, going to Talladega, because I wasn't really, really open or up at sunrise. Okay. So here, it's got that soft bottom, but it comes alive mid to top, and it pulls hard. Like, it was pulling the front end up on me a couple times, and it was kind of surprising my yep. first time out on the track, because... Yeah, I didn't really get to get in the throttle that hard, you know, at sunrise. Right. Really short it's more on off throttle, yeah. Yes. There. Um, what about the suspension? I mean, that's been the biggest sticking point, I think, for this bike. Um, well, that and, a, and a, for other riders, soft motor, soft bottom end uh, feel. But the sticking point has been the suspension. Is how is that for you? For me, I liked it. We tried going up compression and down compression, and their stock setting for me was really comfortable. Yep. It didn't blow through when I came up short on anything. And, you know, this is a little different rough here than, of course, Sunrise. You don't get that chatter. It's more of a, like a deep, deep, tall braking bumps. Deep. Very deep. Yeah. Balls deep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it handled very well. It didn't step out on me. Coming in, you know, to some of these uh, these downhills on the brakes, you know, it didn't feel squirrely. didn't feel like the front end was going to tuck. Like, I felt the suspension was definitely a strong point on this bike. So, overall, the RM is good for a type of rider that, <coughs> for you, a little, little slower in speed. Um, you don't notice the weight, even though it is the heaviest bike in class. I didn't notice the weight. You know, I'm so focused on everything else. Yep. I didn't notice the weight. You know, all these bikes are far lighter than what I'm riding now. Yep. So, to me, they all are, like, an improvement. They're all, they all feel light. Do you like the tires on the Suzuki? 
I'm not a fan of them. Okay. Especially this morning, it was a little slimy, yeah. a little muddy. I, they definitely don't grip the soil as good as the uh, the Dunlops. Right. And I think if they were to throw Dunlops on this thing, I, it would fare even better. Yeah, I know. And a lot of people ask me about that. Kiefer, if, you don't, if you're complaining about the tire, why don't you change the tire? Well, in this shootout, guys, I'm trying to keep everything how they come from the dealership, okay? Yes, of course we can do stuff to these bikes, and I will do stuff to these bikes, but after the shootout, I want to give you all the feedback how it comes when you load that son of a bitch in your truck or your van and you're gonna go home. If you guys are gonna dick with it when you get home, that's your prerogative, like that's on you guys. But I'm gonna give you the feedback and the riders here are gonna give you the feedback of what it's like right at the beginning when you buy the bike. So X30 Bridgestones, rear's not so bad. You know, front, like you said, I would agree with you, Matt. When it gets slimy and uh, you have maybe a little shiny surface. That front tire is very vague. Not a lot of lean and angle traction. And I uh, just don't know where it's gonna break loose from time to time. At least I know on the Dunlop where my um, where it slides out, where my braking point is. Like I know exactly where it's gonna roll and I don't know where that is on the Bridgestone. So um, I think a tire will help this bike. I know Steve Mathis wants me to try that thing so bad because he loves the RM Army. Um, but hey, the RM Army got third from uh, from Matt and to go off of some of these other guys too they're complaining about uh, I know GL said something about the bike feeling hinged from front to rear as he's coming out of corners rear end traction's okay on Suzuki for you? it was good for me after I actually completed the corner and was uh, on the exit and I would get on the gas it hooked up very well yeah. like I was surprised the first couple laps because that's a feeling I didn't get last time we rode this thing. Yeah. And I was I was very impressed. Even coming out of the corners, these tall uphills, yeah. same thing. I mean, it felt like it really, really got some traction to the ground. Sweet. All right, second place, Yami 450. This is another one that's been uh, on or off today. Um, I personally like this bike, and it's probably one of my top three picks, even though I didn't ride today because of my ribs, because I'm an idiot. Um, but I am going to ride the last day for scores. I am not putting my scores in this day. I will put my scores into the last day. Um, so you picked it second. I did. And, I and, and let, me, let, me, let me touch on this real quick, too, because I get some complaints on this. People say, oh, he rides that bike. This guy rides this bike. That's why I ranked it first. Blah, 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 blah. Here's the deal. When you're on a track and you're riding whatever bike, the bike you know you have at home, you purchased a year you know previous or these new bikes you've never rode. These guys get more than enough time to get used to these bikes. So it's not like, oh, I'm used to that bike in two laps and that's why I'm choosing it to win. You're, we're here all day. Yeah, all and day. You're gonna, you can get used to a machine. So and it's, it's a totally new bike. It maybe still has a little bit of that Yamaha flavor, but it's a different feeling right. and a different bike than what I'm currently riding. Right, so for those of you guys, I mean, I understand that that's what some guys are used to and that's what they go to, but um, that's not why people rank them first. Um, I know for a fact because I've seen that today. So, um, anyway, my rant is over. Yamaha got second. It got second, and the top two was was a very hard decision for me. Almost as hard as, hey, I want to get married. Going to have the same wow. Pinocchio wow. the rest of my life. Wow, that is difficult decision, man. Let's hope your wife doesn't listen to this because uh, I don't think she'd prove. Oh, she would laugh. She'd expect <laughs> it. So it got second. Engine feel. Give me. 
one point of each, please. Good and bad. Great point first. Go ahead. Engine. Okay. All the way. 100%. Yeah. Why? It just... It's not overbearing down low. It's it's smooth, but it's fast. When you're going up toward Talladega... Mm-hmm. What is with you in Talladega today? Because you can just open it up. You love just Talladega. Wide, you can wide <laughs> open a bike, and I don't get to wide open a bike very often. Wide open a bike. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, engine is easy to down low. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And it just... When you get on it, I swear this bike is the fastest bike yep. there. A lot of people say that. It just, I, I know everyone reads the dyno charts from everyone else, and yep. it's not up there. But the feel you get, this is the fastest bike. If you're in a drag race, I would say this bike would win every time. Yeah. So you like the, the mellow low end, but yet you like it rip. You're a mid, mid-range guy, and you mid, like that. Yeah, and it just pulls forever, where it's like you can just rev it out, and it, it keeps pulling. It doesn't ever feel like it falls down. Or you can shift to the next gear, and then just picks up and hauls even more. Recovery time's good on this. Very good. little fan of the clutch. I'm going to have to concur with, you know, I, I sparked that up, but I mean, recovery time of the Yamaha is very good. Yeah. Um, one dislike. After riding it quite a bit today, probably the initial turn in corners. I was having some issues with that. Okay. Uh, ruddy day today. Ruddy day. Long ruts coming in, going out for us here in the West Coast. So East, guys, East Coast guys need to calm down. We know it's not East Coast, but for us it is. Yes. So that's where you're having trouble. Yeah, and uh, I'm not a rut guy. Okay. I don't see it very often. So mm-hmm. when I see it, I'm stressing on it. I'm coming into that corner. I'm staring at that rut, and I'm usually puckering my butthole. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen? Am I going to lay up, lay down? So you basically what am want I it to do? flop in without you having to think about it because your technique is not there, correct? Yes, exactly. Right. And with this bike, I had to, at the end, between this and number one, I had to do some 20-minute motos and see, okay, how's this feel? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had more issues entering the corner on this bike majority of the time. Every now and then, I'd get it right and was like, all right, that's how it's, how it's supposed to be. Right. But majority of the time, I'd have a real big problem on that initial tip-in in the corner but then mid exit, I didn't have a problem. I can get on the gas and looked decent. Um, suspension? I really like the suspension on this thing. It has like a, a plush, like a more dampening plush feel than most of the other bikes. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I liked. And coming in some of the And you're 205 pounds, so you're, I mean, yeah. how's the spring rate feel? It felt good to me. I'm more of a, I like my suspension a little sloppier, uh-huh. you know, a little more plush, you know, I'm not into having it stiff and maybe hold up more. I'll sacrifice some of the performance for comfort. Yep. Oh, good one. I like that. And, uh, I felt like this one, it was very comfortable. You know, the braking bumps coming down these hills, the acceleration bumps, the big sand whoops, you know, yep. coming into the sand section, I felt like I could charge pretty hard into them and the bike wasn't doing anything that really made me uneasy. Um, weight feel? didn't notice it it didn't feel <coughs> heavy i mean the ktm and the husky did feel a little lighter than the other bikes yeah but the rest of the bikes to me even so, though they are different weights they felt similar you know when it's a pound two pounds i don't notice that cockpit a little weird for me okay my initial every time i first get on the bike and last time it was a different this time i felt like the bars were a little low mm-hmm. and i had i was like hunched over when i first like would stand on the pegs mm-hmm. But once I got a couple corners in, it felt great. So Honda won today. It did. Honda got second at Sunrise for you, correct? It, it did get second at Sunrise. So why did it overtake the Yami today? Well, today I had to really focus on, okay, the motor's great on the Honda. Uh-huh. It's a different kind of great. It's got uh, 
definitely has some balls down low, yep. but it's manageable. Where the KX wasn't manageable for me, mm -hmm. this was manageable. And it did everything good like the Yamaha. The suspension was good. Uh -huh. You know, the dampening was good. Through the braking bumps, it was good. A lot of good. A lot of good. <laughs> okay. But it cornered better. My there initial coming into the corners, not all the time. Maybe I say 60% of the time I can get a good corner. Yeah. But I would hit the corner. Wow. That, that That's how it's supposed to be. You know, I'd come into the corner. I'd roll through the whole thing nicely. And I had a smile on my face coming out of that corner. And then, of course, grabbing a handful and yeah. had an even bigger smile on my face. So simply for the fact of cornering capability, the Honda took it versus the Yamaha. That is the only reason. Yeah. You know, and it, it was a hard decision because the Yamaha, to me, the motor on that makes me feel like I can jump more than what I can. Mm -hmm. And getting on that bike, the first go-around was the reason I was able to clear a lot of these jumps. That yeah. gave me that confidence, like, cool. Yeah, you mentioned earlier you jumped some double you normally don't jump. Yeah, yeah usually I started jumping at the last works race, and yeah. this morning it was muddy, and, you know, I and the Yamaha didn't let that. the balls drop. and. Yeah didn't want to be the one to wad up one of the nice new bikes. What about straight line stability on the Honda? I thought it was good. I know I've heard people say that, you know, the straight line stability maybe is not the best or maybe the front end can get a little twitchy, but here I didn't notice any of that. And I was, my last bike I rode was that one. The track was the most rough mm -hmm. and I was charging into these braking bumps as fast as I can go. Right. And I, it didn't do anything fishy. It didn't you know, I had a problem at Sunrise where it was dancing around. Yep. And here, even on the stock suspension settings, it didn't do that. We did my last go around, go up two clicks on the compression, just to kind of get it to hold up a little more for my weight. And uh, I didn't feel like it sac sacrificed any of uh, any of that comfort feeling in any of the chop. So basically, Honda came out on top for Matt today. What I'm what I'm reading into this is simple fact of just ease of cornering that's it yeah ease of cornering so and then right here on your sheet it says very hard um hard to decide honda yz it, it's they're both awesome motors but they're different yeah where that yamaha just pulls long and hard and the honda has that a little more grunt down it has a little more excitement really yeah even though the yamaha has excitement because you're going and it's going for a long time you're i like, get what wow. you're saying like i think rpm response is the word that you're looking for yeah like the honda and versus the the yz the yz definitely has a little freer feel to the motor yeah that's one thing that was hard for me to do too is the engine braking on that thing is not as much as i'm used to yep. so where usually i'm coming into a corner using engine braking to help me i had to use more of the brakes um how about the brakes on just real quick to wrap all this up brakes um any standouts for the brakes? Now that we're on a track that uh, I can actually use some brakes on, right. the Husky and KTM brakes definitely are better. Maybe couple that with, the bikes are lighter. Yeah. But I felt like those brakes, I didn't have to use so much force to get that thing slowed down. Coming some uh, Any shitty brakes? No, they were all pretty good for me. Yeah. I mean, after the KTM and the Husky, everyone else was, to me, kind of performed the same. You know, I think the... Uh, one thing I didn't really like was the KTM and the Husky. I felt like the back brake was a little touchy, mm -hmm. where I would be coming down the downhills, I barely tap it and it would lock up the rear brake. Where with the Japanese bikes, I felt like I wasn't, you know, it was slowing me down and not locking up the rear tire. Right. But for front brake feel. It's hard to beat a Brembo, people. Yeah, it is. It is really hard. I mean, uh, just simple fact of feel and power. Uh, Brembo's very, very good. So there you have it. Vet novice. My Husky guy, rider, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, 
Husky, KTM, Cowie. Um, we're going to go home and tally these suckers up, give you guys a winner of the day, um, and uh, thanks for coming. Maybe we'll see you on day three, maybe not. I mean, you got a real job. I got a real job. You got to go back uh, to work. Riding dirt bikes is pretty damn fun. It is fun. All right, guys, thanks.